Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's Boomer and Geo on the Fan and the CBS Sports Network. And we're coming to you live from the Bill Fuller Tough Studio. Boomer and Tyson, Greg G, and audience. Boomer and Geo on the Fan, simulcast across the country on CBS Sports Network. And wherever you are in the free Odyssey app, good Monday morning. We've got two. Beautiful helmets sitting in front of us. And it's the two teams in Super Bowl 58. And it is a rematch of the right before the pandemic Super Bowl, the 2019 season into early 2020 between the 49ers and the Chiefs. And man, did we get there in a really crazy way yesterday. The turnovers by the Baltimore Ravens in the end zone. Two Killer turnovers, and of course, the great play by Patrick Mahomes and the great coaching of Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey in that chief defense. Hats off as they get back to another Super Bowl. And the poor Detroit Lions. Sometimes when you're a loser, you're just a loser. And it's tough to get that off you. No matter how hard you scrum, no matter how many showers you take, you're still a loser. Good morning, Boomer. How are you? Yeah, good morning, G. I'm doing all right, you know, and... Uh... The wild scene down in Baltimore yesterday. I, I felt bad for Lamar Jackson after the game because I know he's probably going to get a lot of criticism and everything else. But if Save Flowers doesn't fumble the ball, Ugh. the momentum right there in the second half is getting ready to flip. I mean, it is getting ready to flip, and you could feel it. And then, of course, Lamar not being aware of situational football late in the fourth quarter. Instead of forcing a ball down the middle, you know, he either could have taken off and run with it, which is what he was trying to do yesterday, or... You know, he could have thrown it away, play another down, and then kick a field goal at that point, and then come back, play defense, get the ball back, and then have a chance to go, uh, you know, four downs into the end zone and, and, and try to get a touchdown and tie the game. But um, I, I will say that I felt bad for Zay Flowers. And, you know, and a lot of this, too, for the Baltimore Ravens, I mean, they brought upon themselves a stupid penalties at the end of the first half that ended up giving Kansas City a field goal. Butker hits that long field goal. Prior to that, there was this phantom holding call mm. on Trey Smith, back-to-back holding calls for that matter, and it kept uh, Rasheed Rice out of the end zone. That was a touchdown as far as I was concerned. The ball was out of J- Patrick Mahomes' hands in less than a second. But it was the defense and Steve Spagnuolo, and Giant fans know this. They know they know it. They've seen it before. They've seen it twice. He took down an undefeated Patriots team as a Giants defensive coordinator, and his uh, his... Defense yesterday was really amazing because they were rushing either five or six. And Todd Munkin, the offensive coordinator, much celebrated offense quarter, by the way, and who has an MVP quarterback, had no answers for the Blitz. Or maybe he had answers for the Blitz and Lamar didn't see them or wasn't reacting fast enough. I'm not sure. Maybe that's where the 
criticism comes in for Lamar. But at the end of the day, it was a I, I mean, it was about as hard hitting as you would imagine. I mean, that ball that Baltimore and Kansas City defense, they get after your ass. And we're standing down there on the sideline at the end of the first half and then towards the end of the game. I mean, the intensity, you could feel it standing there. And I was, I was sitting there saying to J.J. Watt, this is what you really miss, isn't it? And he goes, yeah. He goes, man, oh, my God. Because he had never been to an AFC championship mm. game as yeah. a player. And then to feel it and to be there and to be a, be on the sideline and to be a witness to it, um, it was it was a really, really physical game. And, you know, quite frankly, just a better quarterback, the better coach, and the more stable football team won the game. Yeah, and I said I was never going to bet against Patrick Mahomes again after last year's AFC Championship game and then this year with the Bills. I lost both of those while well, I did it again. Uh, I wasn't planning on it, and then I sat there and I saw the Ravens and I saw the look on Roquan Smith's face, and then I just saw John Harbaugh running out, and I said, this is it. This is their time. They're going to do it. It's going to be over. It's going to be the Ravens beating the Chiefs, and then, of course, it was not. And this was an oversimplification, but this is just the classic a team that knows how to win and a team who hasn't figured it out yet. Now, I know John Harbaugh figured it out with Joe Flacco many years ago, but with Lamar Jackson in these situations, they just haven't figured it out yet. They've had different offensive coordinators. They've had different defensive coordinators. And you've got the best player in the game right now, the undisputed king of the NFL that is impossible to topple. He is impossible to topple. It's happened a couple of times. Tom Brady did it. Joe Burrow did it in a championship game, but outside of that... In in his building, by the way. Right. He owns everybody, Patrick Mahomes. And he he finally did something that he hadn't done before, and that's win an AFC championship game on the road in a very tough environment. I know it was loud down there in Baltimore. I I think it's worse, and it's ten times worse than Arrowhead for the visiting team. At least the the games that I've been around. And I think it's tougher up in Buffalo. I think those are really, really loud... I'm not saying the, the fans are not passionate. They certainly are. I mean, the amount of purple and black and purple in that stadium. I mean, I think there was maybe 1% Chiefs fans. I mean, it was all Ravens and it was loud. But I don't I don't necessarily know that it was as loud as these other places. And, you know, it's just, you know, Patrick Mahomes is like a surgeon. And he very rarely gets intimidated or falls back on his heels. Now, they didn't have a great second half offensively. Yeah, I, I felt we felt like they were trying to just run the game out, and they at least they were still trying to run the ball. Where Baltimore basically abandoned the run altogether, and you're playing against the Chiefs' defense that doesn't stop the run very well. But I think that they felt like that with the Chiefs playing as aggressively as they were and having five and six guys up at the line of scrimmage almost the entire day, uh, that they couldn't get through that. But you know, Lamar gets through that. He gets through it on a fourth down. And I think young Lamar probably scores there. Mm. You can see that he has slowed down significantly as he has gotten older, which is fine. That happens to all of us. But um, when he broke through there, I'm like, man, a young three years ago, Lamar scored a touchdown there. Yeah, I thought the same thing. I thought he was gone. I was surprised that he wasn't. And that throw that he had where, you know, you're essentially throwing into triple coverage. And he, he gets asked after the game by a reporter, and he said, the reporter asked, goes, you think you were trying to do too much there because of the frustration that you had offensively? And, and Lamar said, no, I'm not trying to do too much. I'm trying to win the game. And then he goes to the reporter, what, did you think I was trying to do too much? 
And basically, the reason why I bring that up is he's probably thinking in his head, like, why in the hell did I do that? Well, you like, saw him why? slam the helmet down. I know, and then on the sideline, he's looking up to the sky, and he's yeah. just like, why? I mean, and he is someone who was, this year, as you said many times, a different player. He had gotten over stupid crap like this. There are three Chiefs there. He said he was also hoping there was going to be a P.I. and looking for a P.I. I mean, this is, I mean, I, I, Zach Wilson doesn't make that throw. You know what I'm saying? There's three Chiefs around that day. This is a critical moment. Wow. Fourth quarter, six minutes to go with your entire season and legacy on the line. That is one of the worst decisions that he has made in his career. Yeah. And at the worst time ever. Yeah, it is uh, like, you know, there's, whether they were on like the 25-yard line, I think, yeah. of the Chiefs. So, And it was a second down play. So if he just throws the ball away, they got a third and ten, and then and then you never know what's going to happen. And then still could have kicked the field goal. Yeah, three kicked. timeouts right, left, exactly. one score game, I'm north just of so the two minute warning, the whole yep. thing. Oh so that was uh, that was a really bad, poor decision for him. And you know he he will not sleep because he'll be thinking about that for at least the next two weeks. Is there's nothing more miserable than doing something that you can't explain why you did it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like one of my buddies that I played with texted me right as that play happened. He goes, why is the tight end? I think it was Isaiah Likely who was trying to hit. I'm not sure who he was trying to hit. Why does he put his hand up like he's open? I said, because, you know, they're selfish. <laughs> <laughs> they all want the ball thrown to them. Right. I, and I'm talking about all wide receivers and all tight ends, you know, for the most part. And I do have to say that Travis Kelsey had one of probably his best game ever. I mean, a couple of these catches he made yesterday were unbelievable. And two or three of the plays that Patrick Mahomes pulled off to get him the football were just incredible plays by Patrick that very few players will make or have the guts to make. And I I just, you know, they didn't play great in the second half. They played it really close to the vest. But again, another game where they don't turn the ball over. So that's four straight games going back to last year's Super Bowl against the Eagles where they haven't turned the ball over and the other team has imploded. Yeah, and I know that it, it's not just one player who does it, and we've had these conversations in sports talk forever about guys getting credit and who deserves the most credit, but I tell you, there, there are two people who are now in the elite, legendary, immortal status because Patrick Mahomes came along, and that is Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey. Now, they're great in their own right, but Patrick Mahomes yep. made those guys quite possibly... We're talking about the most productive tight end in history. And now Andy Reid, who's in that conversation, wins another Super Bowl as a top three or four coach in the history of the game. Now, don't get me wrong, because this is like a Coach Cower thing. I could see him like staring at me with the chin. <laughs> yes. What do you mean, Andy Reid? Andy Reid is Andy Like, no, no, no. Chill. He is a great coach. He obviously did in Philadelphia. What I'm saying is Patrick Mahomes is so great that he has elevated great to immortal. Yes. He is, he is right. lifted those guys into a stratosphere they right. never would have gotten there on their own. Yeah, I don't think Coach Cowher would, would react that way. And the reason I say that is because, you know, he was, a, he was a great coach in his own right. He's iconic. And, you know, he really took off when he got Ben Roethlisberger. Before, look at the, look, look at the guys that played for him before that. I yeah. mean, he still won with those guys. But he wasn't going to be able to get over the hump until he got that quarterback. Yeah, He'd be able to get him over the hump. And, and I think that he would be a very appreciative of what you just said about Patrick Mahomes and how great he is. Because when you watch him in person and you're standing there and you see the pass rush come and you see his head's always down the field and he has this knack of understanding where it's coming from. 
and he's able to deliver deliver the ball accurate. I thought I thought his accuracy in the first half yesterday was ridiculous. That it wasn't even a back shoulder throw; it was a back hip throw to Travis Kelsey against Keith Hamilton. That unbelievable safety that the the Ravens have. I mean, nobody could defend that. Nobody, and I very few people can catch that. Mm. But that that is what they practice, and they you know in the biggest games they they come through. Uh, in a way that uh, very few groups have ever come through. So I think you're right about elevating everybody else because that quarterback is so great, so calm, so poised. But I also know that Steve Spagnuolo's defense is oh, yeah. a lot of credit. And this is the this best game. defense that Patrick Mahomes has had. I mean, this might be the, the least amount of weapons that he's had overall, and he's had to play better than he's ever had to play. And up until yesterday, Travis Kelsey didn't look like the same player he was a couple years ago. Um, but... I think that the defense changes that. It's just more of a complete team now. You don't have to worry about it. You know that they're going to show up every single week, and they shut down uh, with some really costly turnovers, but shut down a Ravens offense who had smacked around a lot of really good teams. This but year. how about the bad penalties, though? I yeah, mean, you had, you had bad penalties on Kyle Van Noy. You had bad penalties on Patrick Queen. You had a bad penalty on, say, Flowers. You had ultimately the fumble by Zay Flowers right before he is getting ready to go into the end zone. Um, I felt bad for that kid because he's he's really and then he hurts his hand on the sideline. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know that's the bad emotion. That's the tough guy. We're going to get your face emotion that ends up biting you in the ass. You know you have you have to be surgical uh, with your emotion. And I you know I could say the same thing about San Francisco and Detroit yesterday because there was a fourth and two. And, you know, Dan Campbell went for it like he's always done. And Reynolds drops the ball. And that and wasn't a great throw by J- uh, Jared Goff. And You're talking about the first one now. Yeah, the first one. The, yeah, fir- the, the, the fir- second one hit him right in the chest. And that was a third down call, I think. Yeah, and the and the uh, the second fourth down, you know, that they that they went for, that was the one where uh, Jared Goff gets chased out of the pocket. This is the one where they could have kicked the field goal, obviously, to tie, tie the game. Yeah. Uh, he gets chased out of the pocket, throws the ball. It just had no shot. But... So that one I didn't have as much of an issue with as the first one. I like the aggressiveness in the second but, but one. Everybody assumes that you, you're going to make it, G. And nobody takes into account the emotion of the game and, the, and, and where the game is now. Detroit was up, and they were up big. They were up 17 when they went for it on fourth and two. But and I think no, actually, they, were, they, were, they were up 14. 14, yeah, because so, they kicked the field goal right. coming out, right? So that's why that one to me was the one that they should have tried the field goal. If you if you miss it, you miss it. But if you kick it, you're back up three scores. So then after stopping the Niners and keeping them out of the end zone and making them kick a field goal to get it to 14, and now you're driving down the field again, you're you're back in control of the game. And then you kick that field goal, it's back to three scores, and the Niners are like, we can't even get closer. Well, we're also assuming he's going to make the field goal. I, I, I don't know. know. I don't know but whether or not he it, trusts But if he misses him. it, right? I mean, you know what I'm saying? But it's that, not back on the coach then. It's back on the exactly, player. Exactly. Yes. Because that's a, that, that is a field goal you have to make in that situation. And then the, the other one that everybody was saying, you got to kick to tie, I didn't mind that one. That that was the one where I felt like, okay, you're as you mentioned, Dan Campbell's done it all year long. Be aggressive. You're on the road. You want to get the momentum mm-hmm. back. I didn't have as much of a problem with the going for it on the second. And when it was that first one where I'm like, man, like, go back up three scores. Yeah, and, you know, that ball, it was a, it was a tough throw by Jared Goff, and, and Reynolds would have had a – that would have been a tough catch. That would have been a Kelsey catch, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that uh, that um, Travis had for Patrick in his game. But I don't know. It's like you want – so last week against the Buccaneers, the Detroit Lions almost gave the Buccaneers a chance to come back at the end of the game. 
and they mismanage the clock at yep. the end of the game. And then you remember Todd Bowles was the one who said, ah, the game's over anyway. Yeah. You know, it's never over. You you make every snap count, um, and they didn't do it. And, and what's the name? Dan Campbell basically said after last week's game, you know, we didn't end the game the right way. And, you know, that's as much as our fault as it is them not going for it, whatever he said. But he took ownership of it. And I said, you know, when you're at this level, you make it to the playoffs. Those decisions that those coaches make, man, they have a lasting effect one way or the other. So kicking the field goal and getting back up to three scores and getting back up to 17 points is the right play there. It's just a simple, conservative play. You don't make it, what happens? All of a sudden, momentum is flipped, and sh- and you, you they never got it back. And when they finally did get back into field goal range, what did he do again? He won for it on fourth down and then gave the momentum back to the 49ers again. Yeah, and, and I did, like, uh, the being on the road, letting the game slipped out of your hands, you're now trailing in the game. I, I was I when as I'm watching it and he went for it, I was like, that's the play. That is the Lions. If they're going to do it, they're going to win. It's that first one that made no sense to me at all. And if they so we're obviously questioning the Dan Campbell decision that that won in the fourth quarter and everybody's going to be talking about him. But that first one, if the kicker mix, misses the field goal to go up 17, nobody is saying that Dan Campbell should have gone for it in that situation. They all would have except said, man, they missed that field goal to go yeah, up three scores. Except for analytics, you know, which is really, I mean, you have to take into account, I always say this, and analytics is fine. And, you know, going for it, not going for it, all of that is fine. But you're paying a head coach not to be a robot on the sideline. You're paying the head coach to play the game that they're playing in the midst of right now and how is the game being played, what's going on. There's so many different variables that really determine your decision-making. And I, even, I, I'm even i sick and tired of hearing that you know Dan Campbell's done this all year long. You're in the, you're in the NFC Championship game. you got a 17-point lead that's now a 14-point lead. You can get it back up to 17, assuming your kicker's going to make it. There's nothing wrong in these games with field goals, especially when they're going to be tightly contested it's usually going to come down to a field goal somewhere along the line and you know if Lamar Jackson had that mindset I think that the the, the Ravens would have ended up kicking a field goal there if they don't score a touchdown and then there would have been a hell of a lot more time left timeouts left north of the two-minute warning and then they would have known they would have been in four down territory where they would have had to score a touchdown to tie the game against the Chiefs so decision makings Late game decisions, coaches' decisions, players' decisions, stupid penalties, turnovers—all of those things rear their ugly heads for the losing teams. Yeah, and just quickly because we'll talk about the Super Bowl for two weeks, but if this Niners defense doesn't figure itself out, they are not winning this football game. And they got their asses handed to them earlier in the game, and obviously they figured it out, got some more pressure on Jared Goff and the Lions. The defensive line was was active, but they have been less than impressive, that unit, a, a unit that was supposed to buoy them all the way to the Lombardi Trophy, which oh. still may, but uh, like that is one thing. If there's one glaring thing of these two teams going into this game, it's, it's certainly not Brock Purdy because he played his ass off and did things yesterday that championship quarterbacks do. You know, finding the places where you should run, getting out of the pocket, looking down the field, like all these things that people say he can't do because he's a, a system quarterback. My ass, he did it yesterday. That's uh, two weeks again. in a row, by the way. Yes, right. And, and late in games, making all the plays. It's that defense that becomes, yeah, holy Steve, hell. Steve, I mean, Steve Wilkes has got to figure. I mean, 
I, I figure if they lose yesterday and they get torn up the way they were going to get torn up and they gave up 442 yards, if Jameer Gibbs doesn't fumble, yeah. that's mm-hmm. another thing that the Lions did that helped the 49ers. I would just, I, I would sit here and tell you that, you know, it may be time to be looking for a new defense coordinator because that's not the 49er defense. That's that that defense we saw yesterday, they could have gotten run on for like 400 yards yeah. yesterday. They were on pace, too. It, I, I was like, wow. And then all of a sudden, second half, they make a couple plays, get Nick Bosa involved, and a couple drop passes. I mean, the Reynolds pass over the middle on third down. That was a bad one because that hit him right in the eight. That hit him right in the top of the eight in the chest. And uh, that that there's no excuse for dropping that ball, I can tell you that. And that's not the coach's fault. That's the player's fault. All right, Boomer and Geo just getting started on this Monday morning. Super Bowl 58 set. Niners and Chiefs in Las Vegas. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, Boomer and GL on the fan and CBS Sports Network. Niners Chiefs Super Bowl 58. Jerry Recco is here to give us all the details and the sound from Championship Sunday. What's up, Jerry? Uh, we brought to you by the Farmer's Dog. Fresh human-grade dog food delivered right to your door. We are also brought to you by Jack Pocket. Order official state lottery games on your phone. We will start uh, in the order in which the games were played, of course, Boomer was in Baltimore for Ravens-Chiefs and arguably the biggest play of the game. To the right side, back to throw is Lamar Jackson. Over the middle, caught by Zay Flowers and wonders for the end zone. They're going to say the ball's out. They're going to say the ball is out in the end zone. The Chiefs think they have the ball in the end zone. No official has been given yet. They're going to say a touchback. The Chiefs recover the ball in the end zone. That was Mitch Holtis on Chiefs Radio. That was uh, Zay Flowers. That The ball punched out. It was also him that had the taunting penalty prior to that. Chiefs hold on for the 17-10 win over Baltimore. Lamar Jackson, a big interception in the end zone into triple coverage as well. 
In terms of Kansas City, they win by seven. They're on their way to the Super Bowl for the fourth time in five years. Andy Reid says outstanding effort. How about the Chiefs? You know, I mean, what a great deal that was. Uh, I thought our guys played hard, aggressive football. Um, it always starts with the offensive and defensive line. They did, they came out, you know, with a purpose here and and played their hearts out. Yeah, Lamar, you talk about a game-changing play. You know, the Zay Flowers thing, fine, he got up, he had a taunting penalty, but he came right back. Yeah. And it wasn't because of lack of effort, man. That kid's going to be really good. He is so fast. You should see him in person. It's unbelievable how quick he is and how he can just, like, pop around the football field. Nobody get their hands on him. But Legereus Neem makes a great play knocking that ball out before he breaks the plane. Man, but I, I, I'll tell you, it was uh, that that's the play of the game right there to me. Not the interception with Lamar Jackson. That's a whole other set of circumstances. But that play right there changed the momentum in this game. I would have seen him play in person if he didn't blow the AFC Championship game because he would have been out in <laughs> Vegas. I and know. I could have seen him then. I know. He blew it. <laughs> and they also, he could have gotten a first down there, too. I know it's easy to sit here and say, he but was like, going all he out. Was going, he I mean, was going all out, Even man. if he just went down there, he got first and goal. That Legereus need, need made a great play. I mean, anybody who plays defense to see what that guy was able to do before that ball crossed about six inches, right? Would you say? Fair. From being a touchdown? Yeah. It's, it was Very a crazy close. play. Patrick Mahomes, play. 30 of 39, 241 in a score. Of course, it goes to Travis Kelsey, who caught 11 of those 30 balls. Here's Mahomes throwing over and over and over again to Kelsey. He loves the challenge. Um, and, I mean, all week, I mean, rightfully so, we heard about how great their defense was. Um, and they were. I mean, they shut us out in the second half. Um, but for Travis, that's like, all right, what, what can I do against this great defense? Well, he did a lot, no matter of fact. He passed well, Jerry Rice. There was a going on yesterday. Pre-game yapping, yapping. Lot of yapping. Justin Tucker getting thrown his balls and, and kicking utensils out of the way. I mean, it was it was it was pretty intense. Now for the Ravens, great season over. John Harbaugh message to the team. Told them to walk out of here with their heads held high and their chests out and eyes straight ahead. You know, and you never know what lessons you're going to learn from every experience that you had. But whatever it is, it's going to be inside, and you go forward and. Make a new beginning from where we're at. Well, That's what we're going to do. Lesson learned. You can't uh, give the ball away. Lamar Jackson knows too many mistakes. Can't turn the ball over. You know, farm boy interception, stuff like that. I can hit him the opportunity to, you know, put points on the board and win the game. We, we get in that red zone. It's been, our, it's been our touchdown all season, you know. We just got to finish, and we didn't do a good job on finish. Nope, and so the Chiefs go to the Super Bowl where they will play for the second time in uh, four years, five years, whatever. They will get the 49ers as we get to Santa Clara. Things were going so well for the Lions. They led 24-7 at the break. You then get the field goal by San Francisco to get it to 24-10, and then you have the big fourth down play. They've been aggressive all year. Let's see if Dan Campbell does it again. 28 is San Francisco. Fourth and two. Goff in the gun. Five in the secondary. Shotgun snap. Four-man rush. They get him. He gets away. And he throws a line drive. Caught. Dropped on a dive. On the numbers. Dropped there by Josh Reynolds. Yeah. And oh. What do you think? Yes. Oh, yeah. And of course. I mean, in that situation, there's no... I mean, he threw the ball where it needed to be thrown because where the defender was. Yep. You're a professional wide receiver in a championship game. You get your hands, hands on the ball. You catch the ball. I agree. And so that would lead to one of the crazier plays we would see. So much so, Kevin Harlan's about as good as it gets. Even he was confused on this play. Purdy brings his uh, fingertips to his mouth. 
Once the tips of his fingers, he's got a first and ten. His tight end's in motion. He gets the shotgun snap. He sets. He launches a long pass. Spiral arching down the side. Incomplete flag thrown at the ten. Flag thrown at the ten. Going for Ayuk. And he caught... He got the ball on a deflection and takes it in after the ball was deflected by Vildor. Now they did rule that he was down, but he would get the touchdown, and that was pretty much uh, the start that would lead of the to a touchdown. That would yes. lead to a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. How about the play that Lamar Jackson made? The ball was tipped, and then he went and ran and caught it. <laughs> Yeah. Would that have been unbelievable had he ran that in for a touchdown? I know. When I saw that play, I was like, he's not losing today. I was getting all fired up. He's not losing. That's where Romo would have been right when he called it the greatest play he'd ever seen. Yeah. I mean, there's it a lot was of great a plays. 10 so, yard. I mean, we've seen quarterbacks do this before. Not that. Yes, we have. I mean, I. Well, he ran for 10 yards. All right. Quarterbacks do it and they get tackled after two. He didn't. Now, had he run for 90 yards? I agree with you. Dude, but that, that was a crazy play. And, I, and I'll tell you one thing that the Chiefs did defense, especially in the first half, they did a really good job of like like getting in his way and tipping balls. There are a couple there are a couple of those that could have been picked and turned return for touchdowns. And you know the the Chiefs defense deserves a lot of credit for the way that they played, uh, you know, in and around him. But man, that that's a crazy play. Whatever. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jerry. <laughs> so you don't think so? I don't. No, you, you're poo pooing oh, that. Because we've seen a lot of quarterbacks do that. Uh, no, Just because I, he ran for 10 yards after he caught it? I'm reading that uh, Marcus Mariota caught his own pass and ran it for 41 yards against the Chiefs now, in the playoffs. that's a great play. So memorable. None of us reference We won't that. remember this either. <laughs> well, exactly. You're going to remember that terrible pick in the end. Yes. Zone, you're going to remember. And Zay Flowers fumbling at the one-yard line. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. It was just a very cool play. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, it doesn't meet to your freaking standards. <laughs> it was it was cool. Well, Tony that's Romo all. called the greatest play in NFL history. <laughs> well, well, I, mean, I think that's what Jerry's pushing yes. back on. You know, I didn't hear that. It was so. not the greatest play in the history of the NFL or in that game. No, this Brendan Ayuk play was better. Uh, uh, yes. Well, that was a different game. But I thought Travis Kelsey made a couple of sliding catches that were ridiculous, too. How about the... Actually, both Brock Purdy and Patrick Mahomes had similar plays where they threw it against the grain, and the guy that they threw it to, one was, I think was, I think it was Brandon Ayuk that made the play, and I also believe that Travis Kelsey made the play. Tony Romo also said it's the greatest play since Franco Harris threw the ball in the Music City Miracle. <laughs> uh. Boy, no one takes it beating more online than he does. <laughs> Well, was the time he was getting all the praise. Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of praise, Brock Purdy, uh, 267 yards passing, a touchdown. He did throw the pick in the first half, but San Francisco scored 27 straight in the second to win the game. Here was Christian McCaffrey. Props to him. I don't have, you know, enough good things to say about Brock. You know, he's all he's done since he's been here uh, is play at an elite level, and everything starts with him. Um and I'm just really, we're lucky he's our quarterback. You know, I mean, he takes a lot of heat. Yes, he does. I mean, where does this heat come from? And I had him as like uh, second on my MVP ballot. I can tell you that. Some people had Dak second on their MVP ballot because we all believe that Lamar Jackson's going to end up winning. But, I mean, this this heat that gets manufactured, I'm like, where's it come from? I think I think that there's so many shows out yeah. there that talk about all these quarterbacks and they'll say that, Brock Purdy's a game manager. Brock Purdy's this. I mean, I even referenced that when giving him credit this morning about how 
well he played and the things that he did outside of the system and feeling the game and big moments and running and as you say off platform stuff i don't say you that you love your off platform on your off platform all 22 that's for the freaking scouts and the people that you know <laughs> think that they understand i mean that's fine that's the way you describe a, a, a particular type of play mm. but I, you know the kids I mean, the kid is cool, man. He just, he has all the poise that you need. Every now and again, he gets a ball batted in the air because, you know, he's a little bit deliberate with his uh, delivery and he's not the biggest guy in the world. But Jesus God, I mean, he's played great. Uh, and since he's taken over as quarterback, he's played great and he's come back from Tommy John surgery. I don't know. What, I mean, who's ever criticized him as, you know, basically an effing jackass? <laughs> How's that? Well said. Here was Dan Campbell. His team uh, is heading home after having that 24-7 lead. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, I mean, nobody's happy. Um, you know, they're they're very disappointed. You know, it's disappointing. And I think I said it pretty, pretty vividly. It's like getting your heart ripped out. And uh, it's, it's hard. Yep. And so their season comes to an end. So February 11th in Vegas, you will have the Chiefs and the 49ers. The Bills remove the interim tag from offensive coordinator Joe Brady. Who are we rooting for? Because we're going to be watching a game together. Well, actually, you're going to be gone, right? I will be gone. Uh, all right. So it'll be uh, Eddie, Al, and me sitting together at the game. Who are we uh, throwing our support behind in this particular you know, football You're going to wear your game? Dolphin jersey, Eddie? No. No. Are we are we going to be rooting for a particular team? We're just looking for a, for a, a good game. You root for who you bet for. I root for offense. Okay, <laughs> you just want to see touchdowns yeah. and stuff. I, I would say the Forty ers because I'm kind of tired of the Chiefs. All right, let me ask you a question. I, I'm expecting that you guys are staying the whole game, right? Oh yeah. Okay, <laughs> good. Just want to make sure. Al. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Okay. It's mean, so, a Super like, Bowl, for God's sake. I mean, you know? Brock Purdy throws a touchdown pass. You're going to stand up and go, yay! Is that what you're going to do? <laughs> no, not exactly like that, okay. but yes. <laughs> right? And then when Patrick Cohn throws a touchdown pass, yay! It's, so you're just going to cheer offensive great plays? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there's no real obvious. I mean, I think most people are kind of sick of the Chiefs, but it's like the 49ers won a gazillion Super Bowls, too. It's not like this is some little engine that could, that got to the Super Bowl like the Lions would have been. This is a tough one. Hey, Al, do you want to see if I can get you a guest spot on the Super Bowl Today show as, like, just the everyman fan? Yes. Like, like you're just a football fan. You love football. Yeah, I'd like to go on there and go, I'm rooting for offense. If That's Patrick it. Mahomes scores, I'm going to go, yay! <laughs> can you have the clips ready where in the warm-up show he talks about how he hates watching these games? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, about the third funny. quarter, he's going to, the anxiety's going to kick in. i got to get to sleep. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're not allowed to leave because I ain't leaving. You ain't leaving. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> well, we don't have to wait till you're done, do we? No, no, you don't have to wait until I'm done. But you have to wait until the game is over and the trophy is presented. Wow! Oh, oh the trophy is presented. Oh yeah, definitely. That's wow. what, that's what those... I think it's fair. If with two minutes to go, you take off. <clears throat> Look, nobody asked you. You're not going to be there. I know I'm not. But so I don't, also don't I, stick your nose I, into something I'm that you're not a part nose. of. You're not a part of it. Yes, I am. You are not a part yes, of it. Yes, I am. No, you're not. And it's not walking distance hotel to stadium, right? You got to drive. So it's not like we, you know, we're leaving. You can walk when, it. You can walk it. We can uh, yeah, walk Eddie, everywhere. Eddie, Eddie walks Eddie, right from hike. Harlem for here. Here's your hiking. That's where you can hike now. <laughs> because the reason why I say that yeah, is. Car. Right. If you're, if you're leaving when everybody is leaving. It's about an hour. A little uh, less. Walk an hour? <laughs> That's not bad. Was it six miles? 
Come on. No, hang no, on. I'll, I'll find no, it's, it's it might be forty minutes. I'll find out. <laughs> I'm not walking in an hour. <laughs> you know that that's a prime mug spot right there. <laughs> And that's why you leave especially it two in the morning. At, especially look at a youth video. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, maybe you could hide your base outside the stadium somewhere and then pick it up. That's a good idea. Yeah. Because I won't be able to bring it in. I'm sure there I'm sure there's a CBS bus going to and from our hotel, so I'm sure you guys can get on that. Okay, good. I mean that you sounds- are part of the CBS family and you have to get up the next morning and do a show. Oh. I would think that they would make some accommodation. That's up to Stephen Waldron, I think. He's got yeah. Oh, really? That. Yes. Stephen Waldron, CBS Sports, will be will we be on this CBS bus leaving the game? I don't know, but I'll be on my couch watching the game. So, I don't I really oh, that's don't That's right. Know. You're not going to be there. Wow. Oh, we're out Friday. We're out Friday. You love leaving on a Friday, don't you? That's like your favorite thing to do is mail in those Fridays. <laughs> that just worked out perfectly for you. Very very on brand for you to get out of there Friday. No, I mean, we I've done since uh for months that I'm going on Friday. Then who's going to be there on Monday for you guys? Uh, I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Good luck. It's possible nobody. <laughs> that'll, that'll be our sixth day for working working there. So if it's, something's broken by that and hey. not fixed, it's a problem. Hey, by the way, are you <laughs> familiar with the studio we are coming uh, from the at the win? <clears throat> yeah, we've had a bunch of calls with them. I've never been there. Okay. When are you going out, Stephen? Uh, Saturday. Okay. Are you working Friday? Yes. Okay, good. What time are you leaving on Friday? <laughs> 10 one. All right, okay. sounds good, Steve. Looking forward to seeing you out there, buddy. Absolutely. Your voice sounds a little bit better today. It's still not back, but a little bit better. Yeah, I know. I've got a lot of rest this weekend. We're good. All right, sounds good. Stephen Waldron, CBS Sports. Two and a half miles. About, an, little, about an hour, like I said. I'm not walking with you <laughs> out of that stadium. <laughs> Back to the hotel. There's just no right, way. It won't be late, though. It'll be 7 p.m. out there. So it'll be a 3.40 kickoff out there? Yeah. So it'll be, that'll be a long... Eh, that's a long-ass game, man. It's like a four-hour game these days. Are you days. guys excited for halftime and Usher? Not really. No, okay. no, no, no. no That's fine. <laughs> no. Jeez, so why are we going? Why are you even going? I mean, I'm honestly. excited for the game. You asked me about the halftime. Are you excited for Usher? Yeah, I am. No, you're not. Come on. <laughs> the last one I went to was uh, Adam Levine. And I was not excited for that. I didn't think that was very good at all. If you go in with a negative mindset. That's not I mean, negative at all. You guys I'm are going ex- in with guys, a you negative mindset. No, no, not really. How about oh, the game? No, no, not really. I'll tell you what. Why don't you guys just stay here? No, 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 no. Well, it depends. <laughs> if the weather forecast continues to be crap, maybe we will. <laughs> okay. Nice. But, but, well, I was really excited to go until I saw rain what all does... day, every day at 50 degrees. And no one's crying for us. I get that. But what does suck is when you look that it was 72 and sunny yesterday. This week is gorgeous. The week when we leave is gorgeous. The week we are there, el sucko. Yeah, it's, it's like it's April on Long Island. Yeah, it's, it's what really that week. All right, you know what? You guys don't have to go if you don't want to. Honestly. I said the weather. I didn't say I mean, the trip. So, you guys I so just negative. said the weather stinks the week we're there. That's all. That's, That's a fact. That's not an okay. opinion. It's not like you're flying UPS. What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> I mean, that's part of the experience, isn't it? And I just said I wasn't talking about the experience of the week. We were yeah. talking about the weather. And Spending it sucks time that the weather is going to be great. Work with, you know, having a couple after. dinners, you know. Yeah. Didn't Shoot. say anything about all that. <laughs> Shooting a bull, talking sports. Ay, ay, ay. Running cars over with tanks. Yes. <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> all right, Jerry, we're, uh, we're good here. Yeah, yes. Yeah, of course. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. All right, Boomer and Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. So I was asked this particular question that I'm going to tell you in a second, probably 10, 15, maybe 20 times this weekend. And it was really starting to annoy me. And that question was, why did Saturday Night Live leave out Boomer in their cold open with the NFL today? And I said, do you think I know the answer to that question? You think, what am I going to do? Text Lorne Michaels? You think I'm sitting in the writers' meetings? Like, I mean, the thing to say would be, hey, did you see this? They left out Boomer. Okay, asking me why they did. Why did they? I don't know. Maybe they didn't have enough actors to do it. It was, and by the way, they did you a favor because that was the dumbest, most unfunny thing I've ever seen in my life. And they left you out of it, so it probably made you feel good. Who the hell cares? They had done this a couple years ago. They had you in there. They had some guy who didn't sound like you, didn't look like you. It was terrible. But there was like a couple years ago they did this. And it was probably, it was that was the one from a few years ago right there, right? Okay, yes. Yeah, that guy that they have is pretending right, right. to be you. Um, so, whatever. I don't know. But, you know, it was interesting that, uh, so yesterday... Before, I think it was before the game started, and we had just gone through rehearsal or something, David Burson. Um, the, President of CBS Sports, right. now that Sean McManus has announced his retirement after the Super Bowl, David Burson will take over. Right, he comes in and he goes, how does it feel not to be a part of the SNL? Then I was like, what SNL thing? I had no idea that they even did it, and I wasn't paying attention to it. And I guess I said, well, I don't know, maybe it's because I sit in front of a microphone uh, every five days here and... Maybe that had something to do with it. I'm not sure. I, I don't think it had. <laughs> Honestly, you just, you just ripped the crap out of it. It so. was bad. <laughs> it was bad because I, I watched didn't even it. See it, so I don't know. No, I watched it because people were sending it to me, and I was like, "All right, I'll oh, watch okay. it." And it was bad. But I, I, they're probably not like, "Let's leave out Boomer." Is this? There's first of all, there's fifty thousand guys <laughs> to get actors for to do this, so they're probably like, "Okay, he's on the end of the set." We don't have anybody who's going to be Boomer. We don't have anybody who's going to be Boomer. So what? I mean, I I, I, I didn't even know what they did. So you still didn't watch it? No. Even after all that? No, I don't really care. Did anybody get? Uh, did anybody get upset with it? No. Like uh, the impersonation of them? Or no, whatever? not at all. Actually, yeah. JB thought that who's a Keenan? Uh, um, yes, Keenan Thompson. Keenan Thompson was pretty funny, actually. Okay, so he liked it. Yeah, like JB he, likes everything. Though. Well, he said something to the effect that I don't think he let his granddaughters watch it. So I was there something risque about it or something? No, not really. Not yeah, that I know. JB is like the biggest square on earth. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? And that is not something that I'm saying. I mean, he has said it a thousand times. Yeah, well, I mean, he lives his life a certain way. You know, yeah. he's not, uh, he not he's crossing a line in any way. And then Sammy, our writer, has to basically, you know, 
write some things for him and he's talking about the ones and the twos and the guy's lit and I'm like this is not you JB it's obviously Sammy the guy's lit right putting these words in your mouth (laughs) but it's uh it's all good it's all good nobody cares uh okay now what about the lights we have to at least get that out of the way the lights were off again we have another AFC championship (laughs) game a little bit of a snafu um luckily it didn't last very long this was not quite the you know, Walker I'm, Hayes I'm situation. I'm always glad that I have I have to be the one that answers these things. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are many other people that could answer these things for us. Yeah, uh, but I, since I'm here every Monday after the AFC Championship game, when something goes awry, I have to answer it. So Phil and I were on the outside set, and right as Phil and I are getting ready to do our little thing about Lamar Jackson and the eye vision and all that stuff. The freaking Baltimore Raven band is right behind us. And Phil can't hear and he can't see the monitor. I mean, it was hilarious. Yeah. And if you if you live it, it's pretty funny. But anyway, as I was told, somebody <laughs> when we do these shows on the sidelines, there are about a hundred different wires leading to so many different things. And believe it or not, I was told that somebody tripped over a wire and Pulled the electric out of the socket <laughs> to the light box. Come on. Right. So as we're sitting there and we're getting ready to go on, I got JJ next to me. I'm like, JJ, we, we don't have any lights. And he's like, what? I said, no, we don't have any lights. You see these lights here? Like you and I have a, a bank of lights here. Yeah. So it's like the same thing on the sideline of the, of, uh, of the stadium. And I said, JJ, there's no lights. He's like, what? <laughs> so when we come back, not only did we not have lights, we didn't have... Um, electric to our monitors like we didn't have they weren't connected for some reason i guess it was all the same light box so as we were over over you know speaking over what was supposed to be uh the highlights of the first half that we never saw but supposedly they did run Mm -hmm. and i thought everybody did an unbelievable job given the circumstances but when we came back (laughs) you couldn't see jb (laughs) yeah and jb was like man you can't see he said Phil lit him up. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> I'm just trying not to laugh. But then the lights did flicker on and then they came on and they had some rap artist, you know, doing his songs at halftime and everything else. And it was it was almost like we were in a club. <laughs> yeah, RG three tweeted out, he goes, You know it's dark when you can't see the white guys. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how we, we all felt about it. Right. I, I feel like I feel you could see a little bit of Phil with the rest of you guys. <laughs> It couldn't. It was crazy. But like the person who trips over the wire, they don't like go like, oh man, oh, I hope I didn't knock anything out or they just keep walking. It's been like, screw I, it. Hey, listen, I don't, because of the amount of wires and you have all sorts of tarps on the sideline, you have things covering wires, you could see how it could happen. I mean, it, and it happened. What can I tell you? All right. I don't know. Good thing they didn't knock it's out. It's live the- TV. You just got to go through it. And you just got to slam right through it. Good thing they didn't knock out the wire that they used to plug Phil in, because that would have been a real problem if he had, you know, lost all his battery for the day. See the lights go out on Broadway. I saw the ruins at my feet. Boomerang Geo coming to you live for the Build Ford Tough Studio on the Fan and CBS Sports Network. It's a rare Billy Joel rejoined from Al Dukes, who does not like Billy Joel. I believe, wasn't that one of the five things that you did not uh, like about Long Island at the Paramount, or one of the things you were thinking about putting yeah, on no, the list? it didn't make the list. It did make the list. It didn't make the list. I it got edited it out instead, like focused on serial killers. And hookers, yes. And hookers, yeah. I do, 
I do remember that. And uh, Billy Joel with that new song coming out. I guess we're going to be able to play a uh, portion of that at some point when it comes out. We're going to be debuting it to New York, I guess. Or something February like that. 1st, yeah. February 1st. Uh, very good. Uh, did you run into Taylor Swift? You were talking about hoping yeah, to get I, a I, selfie with her. I tried. I almost got I almost got to her, but they they after the whole makeout session and everything with her and Travis, she ended up getting out of there. <laughs> so I mean, and we couldn't show enough of it, so it was great. Yeah, no, Phil had to stop what he was talking about with the game and address it. And I'm so, sure someone in his ear was saying, Talk about Taylor, talk about Taylor. Because he was right talking about some sort of zone defense, something or other. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, well, there he is. Victor gets the spoils. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, so none of Actually, that. one of the funniest things yesterday is when J.J. asked Phil if he was able to breathe over there with that tourni- tourniquet around his neck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you saw that, but I, d- I did not see that. No. Oh, was so funny. And by, you went turtleneck there, too, for the first well, time. Well, we all did, yeah. Oh, my turtleneck. Yeah, the three guys on the right. Oh, we all showed up with white turtlenecks. White turtlenecks. Yeah, I don't know what the hell we were doing. <laughs> I mean, it's very distinct, the left side of the yes. set and the right side of the set. Yes. Um, so I also saw Jim Harbaugh was there, and uh, he was up on the set. You weren't part of the group that was interviewing him because you and Phil were out in the crowd and doing that whole thing, that iVision thing. But did you get a chance to see the new head coach of the uh, Chargers? I did. I did. I saw him on the sideline, and I just... I didn't realize, like, he stayed there a long time, and his dad was there, of course, mm-hmm. and they were all on the sideline. And I did bump into Jim, and I said, hey, congratulations, I'm sure you're really happy. And, you know, he's, I think he's a little conflicted, obviously, but I think he's happy that he's going back to L.A. and all this other stuff. But um, he goes, hey, you know what? I always catch your sports minutes, man. I drop my kids off at school, and I always catch a couple <laughs> of your sports minutes. I'm like, did you catch the one where I just ripped you last week? <laughs> he said, no. I said, okay, I'll send it to you. And uh, he goes, I, it's all good. I get it. You know, I That's know. funny. So he's listening to sports talk drops out his there. Kid, drops his kids off at school, and he and he catches it on whatever uh, station in Ann Arbor that he listens to. That is unbelievable. I wonder if he listens to any of the CBS Sports Radio shows out there, too. Like He's like, hey, say hi to Amy Lawrence. You no, get a chance. Didn't say that. Nope. So, <laughs> so that happened. And yeah. then we had another really, really... Ten, tense situation. Tense situation? Very tense, yes. At the stadium? No, it was at the, the uh, Baltimore train station when we were coming back. So, so This is why you got to stay away from trains, No, man. I love, you know, the cellar going down was great. It was, yeah. it wasn't packed. It was nice. It was, mm-hmm. you know, I watched the entire Nick game going down. Nice. And unfortunately for Julius Randle, you know, boy, I hope that's not too bad. Hopefully he can make it make it back sometime this season. We'll no, see. I think he will. I hope so. I'll have to determine whether or not it's going to be surgery, but he'll have to rehab. And maybe maybe he gets back. I was just getting some texts from a couple of uh, doctor friends of mine, and they're saying as long as he didn't have to have surgery, he, he should be able to make it back. But anyway, we get to the train station after the game. And we're on the 752 Acela coming back home. Okay. And, you know, there are tons of Baltimore Raven fans in the train station because, you know, obviously instead of driving to the stadium, they can take the train and they can go either south or north depending on where they live. And, I mean, the place is packed. So let me just, so quickly, to set the scene, is Ravens fans that are, lots of them are drunk, lots of them are angry, and it's it's you 
and who else with you? All right, Coach Cower and Nate. So okay. it's the three of us, and there are other CBS people that are in the train station with us. We just don't know where everybody's sitting. Okay. So as we get into the train station, I said, oh, Jesus. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a pain in the ass. Well, you should have had the foresight to think that, right? Well, I, I was thinking, yeah, of course I was thinking about it, but, you know, so I select an area to the right where we can sit and we can just kind of like just be off to ourselves. Yeah. But it's still in the middle of this public train station. Mm -hmm. And so I sit down, coach sits down, and then Nate sits down. And to my right, it was a very nice couple. One of the guys is an analytic guy for the Giants. Oh, nice. Really nice guy. And we were just talking a little bit about, you know, and making fun of analytics and emotions and all that other stuff. And, you know, he's a very, very nice young man. And and a very nice, I think it was either his wife or girlfriend with him. And so we were chatting it up a little bit, and I take out my iPad, and I want to watch the, the 49ers mm-hmm. and the Lions. So I got it on my uh, on my lap, and I'm sitting there. And you could tell that people are starting to recognize that we're there. There's a buzz now. Right. Now, I, I have a hat on, and uh, Coach Cower is sitting there, you know, in all his glory. And Nate's got his outfit on that he wore, you know, on the, on the set, sure. which is very loud and, and, and abrupt. <laughs> so... He decides to get up and go to the bathroom. A couple people come over, pleasantries, hello, nice yeah. to see you. And by the way, the Raven fans couldn't have been any nicer at the stadium and even in, in this situation for the most part. Yeah. Except for one total asswipe douchebag. Mm. Uh, as we are sitting there, this guy decides to come over and say, hey, you know, nice to meet you guys. Good to see you. You know, I'm trying to watch the game here. Mm-hmm. Coach is trying to watch the game. Nate's off to the bathroom. And um, we said, fine, you know, see you later. So he walks back, sits down right across from us. He's looking right at us. And then he decides that he's going to come over and he's going to talk to us about how the NFL's rigged. Oh, God. And how, and how, uh, and he's, and he's using very colorful language. And, and I'm just sitting there and I said to the guy that's sitting next to me, the giant guy, I said, look, do you see what's happening here? Do you see this guy? talking and i'm not really looking at him i'm not i'm not acknowledging him but coach decides that to get into some sort of discussion with oh, him no sort of why, why? And, and i'm like i'm still and, and coach is awesome right because he but he'll defend the nfl like i don't want to hear this crap from some drunk ass fan who just lost a bet don't you be peeing on the shield right exactly so i and i understand and i know coach the hall of famer and he will he will die with that shield as i will but maybe not as intense as him so they're kind of like in this conversation i got my head down i'm watching the game and i look over the guy sitting next to me i said do you see what's going on here and he goes yeah i said are you aware you're not drunk right now he's not are you aware of like what may happen here in a second and he's like, yes. And I said, did, did we do anything to incite this guy? Did we do anything to even bring this guy over here to have him talking to my friend, Coach Cower, this way? Mm-hmm. And he goes, no. I said, well, listen, if he gets any closer, I may have to get up and just effing smash this guy right in the face. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, 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 I'm like pissed off now. I'm right. like, I'm trying to watch the goddamn game. This idiot's screaming about how the NFL's rigged. And it's all this, that, and the other thing. And he's using this. F bomb this, F bomb that, and I'm like. What? Now let, let me ask you because because this is where I feel like it it could turn. So, Coach Cower is now arguing with this guy. Well, they're kind of arguing, yes. And now Nate comes back. Okay, and sees now this Nate, and just sprints home. No, 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 no. Now Nate is like involved. 
Oh no! And Nate's like, "Yeah, I'll I'll f you." Up. I'm like, well, wait, "Whoa!" Guys. So Nate, so Nate's now yelling at the guy. Yeah, now Nate, they see how and get. Wait, ha- well, all right, all right. How, how did so Nate comes over and sees Coach Cower and this crazy guy well, and I, and I into con- it? No, well, not exactly. I said Nate. I said he when he came back. I said, "Man, you missed it," hmm. you know. And then and then that's when the guy came back. Oh, okay. And then so now Nate was on the other side of Coach. Coach is in between us. I'm watching my football game. I got the giant analytic guy next to me. And uh, so I'm talking to the giant analytic guy. You see what's going on here? I may, I may have to get up and smash this guy. Wow. Really, that's how close it was it was getting. Wow. So, um, And you don't think Coach Cower could have done that on his own? Like, I mind having Coach as a Hall of Famer. And, you know, he's not. I well, you're me. still, I mean, you're you. Yeah, but if I did it, you know, nobody would have cared. If he that's did it, it would have been like, all over the place. So, um, and I thought Nate was going to do it. I'm like, CBS News, CBS News. <laughs> yeah, I'm like yeah, yelling yeah. at him. So, um, so Nate gets into defense mode too. Oh now. yeah, he oh he's one hundred percent into it. You know, and this look, we are gonna, we are not gonna let anybody go after Coach Cower. Come yeah, on. yeah. Are you out of your mind? That's, yeah, it's like and now, by the way, all the these other Raven fans who would have a disgust with Coach Cower because of the Steelers couldn't have been any nicer. Yeah, it's just this. I mean, everybody's Cowher. not everybody's great. It's just this one guy, and he was drunk. I, I think he was or is on. I, I don't know. I can't. I can't. And he's saying that the Chiefs won because the NFL's rigged and yeah, he's yelling no, at you yeah, guys. And about all it. that kind of crap. Okay. So the giant analytic guy gets up and goes, I got this. I'm like, what? So he gets up and he stands in between Coach Cower and, the, and this lunatic. And he's just standing there with his arms folded, not getting physical or anything, just trying to explain to the guy. Guy, they're just sitting here. They just they just got done working. You know, he's trying to explain this guy. You, you got to stop. And what type of guy is the giant analytic guy? I think analytic guy. I think dweeb. Is this no, guy like a no, big no, guy? No, he's, yeah, he's probably about six two. I think. Okay, all right. And maybe he'll call in. Maybe he'll hear the story. Maybe he was hoping I was going to talk. I don't know. I have no idea. You don't remember his name? Oh no, I don't really. We didn't. Explain. Okay, well, a- a- AG, analytic that? guy. Analytic guy. He's the AG, yeah. Oh, AG. So, oh. Um, I thought you said, hey, G, analytic guy's on the phone. That's what I thought you were trying to do. <laughs> no. So they, the analytic guy, I am so rooting for the Giants now. Yeah, this was the best play a Giants made all year. <laughs> if you think about this it. This guy, he was great. He, and, he, and he did not get physical. He was just trying to talk the guy off the ledge and st- stood there with his arms, you know, folded. And said, look, they're not doing anything. They're being, just leaving alone. Just, you know, I, there's no reason to be like this. And he's trying to talk to the guy. And I'm... And I'm trying not to watch this. I'm trying not to pay attention. Nate's ready to come out of his suit and ready to rip this guy's <laughs> wow, face off. Wow, good for Nate. Yes. See, well, I would have thought that he would have, because of the CBS News thing, would have been like, listen, these guys can handle themselves. I don't need, like, I, got, I got a lot going for me right now in the early portion of my career. I'll see you guys later. I no, will walk home no. with Eddie Scazzeri before I get involved in this situation. He was right in the middle of so all of it. So good for him. He I love that. Right in the middle of all of it. And then, of course... David Burson comes over. Oh, he's there now? Yeah, because he's on the train. Come out. All, everybody. Oh, my goodness. You know, Iron Eagle was on the train. The Forty <laughs> Brothers were on the train. Me and Nate were on the train. This is a Coach better Cowell SNL skit the than the one that I they mean, did. We had, we, all, all of us are coming back from the game, back to Jersey and New York City. And it was just, it was nuts. I'm like, man, I can't believe that this is going on. And then another Ravens fan started yelling at this guy. Okay. And then the cops came in. Oh, Jesus. Now we got the police involved. And then the police are involved. And, and uh, I mean, this all started like, I don't know why, but it just, just started. And, and like, I just wanted to make sure that I had a witness that if I did get up, 
Yeah. That he would at least back my story. Sure. But, the, but he got up. Well, here's the thing. There was probably 50 people at least filming this. Yes, we all would have seen it. Yes. I didn't see it on Twitter. I thought I'd see somebody post it on Twitter or something. But Well, maybe. I mean, it could be out there somewhere. Who knows? Oh. They could have spelled oh. names wrong or right. whatever. Right, and then our PR guru comes over, Jen. Sabatel? Yeah. And she's like, what happened? Trying to get at the whole entire story. And I'm like, I'm like, why? You're going to put out a press release? <laughs> And not include and now me. You're include my name in it. Okay, I get it. Thanks. I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yes. Uh, but every all's good now. And now, so the the giant analytic guy diffused the situation. Did a great job, by the way. And very, then, very, very calm, very cool. And lunatic ass face guy. He then goes I think back. The, I think the cops took. Oh, him the cops away. ended up. Okay. I don't know if they, I think they took him away, not to take him away to jail, but just to move him. Okay. And I don't. I have no idea if he was on our train or not. I have no idea. Now, did somebody, I wonder if they, the and cops the way, ended Amtrak, up seeing this or? Amtrak ran out of alcohol. I mean, come on, man. You can't, you can't run out of alcohol. Well, that's strategic. You know that. What do you mean strategic? They don't want any problems. So you got all the drunk people already from the no, game. But no, I, everybody, I, well, we were, well, we were in first class, so it was very nice. And everybody was great. Mm-hmm. There was no problems. I think that they, they'll take that loss on the alcohol not to have the craziness on the trains and the damage and all the drunk people getting drunker. Because that's yeah, what they, they're probably thinking. But they had thinking. the cafe car where they had alcohol. Oh, okay. All right. But, but you had to buy that. So this did not happen in the train. This happened in the station waiting for the train. All of this nonsense. Yes. Okay. Sitting in the, the Baltimore train station, yes. Jesus. And did someone call the cops over? Was it such a big commotion somebody, that somebody, somebody may somebody may have called the cops over? I I, I didn't yeah. see that part of it. All I know is uh, all I know is that it, just what what are we doing? Why, why are we? Why is this Nimrod coming over to us and screaming about it being rigged? And they wanted Taylor Swift at the Super Bowl <laughs> and all this other. I'm like, you know what? I wish you could have stood down on the sideline and saw both teams go after each other. Maybe you can't even engage. This is where Coach Coward needs to understand. You can't even engage in someone that crazy. You can't do it. But to, but to his credit, I mean, he was. I, I think he was just trying to be Coach Coward. You know, you coach. He's yeah. just trying to be Coach Coward. Try to be a nice guy to everybody. Signs all autographs. Takes pictures. He's he's a legend. Did part of you want to knock this guy out? Yes. One hundred percent. I mean, even and would have dealt with whatever it was in the aftermath afterwards. But you just would have been like, man, that felt good. Yeah, like, I just got I got to knock this guy out. So the thing is, is that I had I had my witness witnesses, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and I could have gotten up and just waylaid this guy, and it probably would have cost me a hundred grand, right? Yeah. Don't you think? Maybe hundred grand, and then whatever else. And I think most people would have understood that I was I did the right thing. Yeah, I think that in the court of public opinion, people would have loved it. I think you would have become even a larger legend in the eyes of the NFL fan for knocking that guy out, protecting your buddy, without a doubt. I don't. I mean, there'd be some people like, oh, you can't do that violence. No, but most people, ninety nine percent of the people, would be like, that is awesome. You know what? It's kind of interesting. So free speech, all about free speech, mm-hmm. but not when it's being screamed in your face. And some guys completely yeah, aggressively, aggressively, like you know, I, I I don't know, I don't know how the analytic guy did it, but you know, maybe he's just a special analytic kind of guy. Like you know, they can remove themselves from from the emotion of the moment, right? But also, you guys, I mean, you were there for hours and hours. You're working the whole thing. It's like you're not in the greatest mood to be dealing with something like this either. You're also exalt- trying to watch the Lions right. and the 49ers, for God's sake. Let's go to Chris, who is in Bayville. Good morning, Chris. 
I'm just wondering, Boomer, why are you coaching Nate in general population train? Don't you have a driver? You mean Gen Pop? Yeah, well, you know, um, yeah, but coming back here, we wouldn't want to sit in traffic. You know, we had a driver to the train station, and we could have, I think, Phil drove home. But, you know, the train is the best way to do it. And, by the way, the SL is usually a great ride. It's no problems. And so I understand what you're saying, Chris, but I, I think that was just the fastest way home. That's why we did that. How long is the train ride? Two and a half, two hours and 15 minutes. Okay. That's not so bad. From Baltimore, it's great. You, yeah, you it's make a so stop bad. in Wilmington, Delaware. You stop in uh, you stop in Philly, and then you stop in Newark, and then, you, then you're in Penn Station. Man, if Phil were there, do you think Phil would have gotten involved? You think he would have gotten involved like Nate? Do you, you know, want Nate, me to Nate kick your ass? It. I'll do it. I'll do it. People ask me, will I stick my foot in this guy's ass? <laughs> yes. Yes, I will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got, do you, you want gotta, a knuckle sandwich? You got to remember. Do you want a knuckle sandwich? Nate is younger than us, right? Yeah. I mean, he was getting a little intense. He was? Oh, yeah. I saw a side of Nate that I had not seen before. That is great. You know, I felt like Nate was the wide receiver and he was the DB. And there were the Chiefs and the Ravens. And those guys were screaming and yelling at each other before the game even started. Man. That's what it was like. I give Nate a lot of credit. Because seriously, he could have just bailed on that situation. His career is at its zenith right now. If he would have thrown a punch or something like that, it would have been horrible. Right? Yeah, that's why I kept saying, CBS News, CBS News. You know, man, I mean, oh man. But you know what? Good for him. Because he didn't. He, he stood up for his buddies. Over everything. Yeah, of course. Which is the greatest well, thing. Which is what you have to do. I know, but not everybody is like that. Like you know if we were out, like, like say, of course all some of guy us was do. harassing me, do you think Al would want to fight the guy? Mm, that is tough. That is tough. I, I don't care. <laughs> I don't know. It depends who the guy is. I think I would have uh, played tough guy a little bit, knowing you guys would... If there was a brouhaha, you all be involved with me. And does he have that weapon with him or yeah. not? Mm. You, know, you know what would unbelievable? Me and Nate rolling around on the floor at the Baltimore train station in our white turtlenecks. <laughs> <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> on Twitter. That would have been unbelievable. Oh, oh It would have been incredible. Well, uh, it didn't happen, and that's a good thing. <laughs> it's a good thing. Although we would have thought this was an all-time moment, I'm really happy for you that it did not happen that way. Oh, I could just... Could, oh. <laughs> would have been an epic way to end careers. <laughs> would have been an epic way to end championship Sunday. Uh, yeah. Coach Coward stomping on the go, Take that, huh? Read this, bitch. Read this. Who you mess with? The unbelievable. <laughs> You know, if one of his ex-players were there, like Troy Palmolo. Oh, my God. Get it. Yeah. <laughs> Greg Lloyd. Uh, <laughs> Joey Porter. Oh, my Lord. All right, Boomer and Geo on the Fan and CBS Sports Network. We've got Jerry Recco back with all the championship Sunday stuff. What's up, Jerry? Uh, we are brought to you by the Farmer's Dog. Fresh, human-grade dog food delivered right to your door. Also brought to you by Town Fair Tire. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. Boy, the Lions looked good for a half yesterday. They were beating the 49ers 24-7. to And then you look up, and all of a sudden, they weren't. San Francisco has never led. Here is Jake Moody with a 33-yard field goal try. Good snap. Ball put down. Kick is up and good. Right down the middle, the Niners have come back with 20 unanswered points. 
to not only tie the game, but to take a lead right there for the first time tonight. And they would score oh! another touchdown to make it 27 straight on their way to a 34-31 win over the Lions in the NFC title game. That, of course, Kevin Harlan Westwood won here on the fan. The Niners advanced the Lions heading home. Brock Purdy, 267, a touchdown and a pick. Brandon Ayuk, a six-yard touchdown catch after that 51-yard reception off the deflection. Here was Kyle Shanahan down 24-7 at the half and not looking very good, and then all of a sudden looking like a changed team after the break. Um, I thought we switched things um, with some pressure, some man coverage, and um, the guys didn't want today to be the last day, and we put ourselves in a hole, but they played like it in the second half, and we're able to get the ball to bounce the right way. And yeah, for sure. And here was Purdy on that Ayuka catch, knowing it was a huge play in the game. Yeah, I mean, obviously, to have an explosive play like that um, was huge. In that moment, we needed it to get down the field pretty quick, and you know, we were still down, I think, two touchdowns. So, um, in that moment, it was it was like, all right, here's a shot, here's an opportunity for BA. Yeah, it was twenty four. How about Brock Purdy? Was thirteen of sixteen, one hundred and seventy four yards, and forty nine rush yards. In the second half clutch. of this game, very clutch. Yeah, very yeah it's much two so. games in a row. Yep. By the way, that is very clutch in the in the second half, of, especially in the fourth quarter last week against, against the Packers. Green Bay, yeah, yeah. Here was Debo Samuel. Nice to get to the Super Bowl, but we aren't done. I don't only just want to reach it; I want to win it, um, and that's the goal. And you know, that's what we've been set out to do for the, uh, since the beginning of the year. Now, I imagine if you're in Detroit, the conversation is going to surround uh, Dan Campbell and the. Choice to go for the couple of fourth down plays. Here was Campbell. It's easy hindsight, and I get it, you know. Um, I get that. But I don't regret those decisions, and that's hard. You know, it's hard because, you know, they didn't, we didn't come through. No, and they have all season long, but not in this case. Here's Jared Goff, obviously disappointed they didn't get the win. Um, Goff in the loss, 273 and a touchdown. Um, hard to get back to this spot, as he points out. And something he's trying to stress to everybody on the team. I think running through my head this whole postseason and certainly this week was, you know, how rare these opportunities are. Um, I've been so fortunate to have two of them, but um, a lot of guys go along, you know, long careers without without being in these spots. So yeah, meaning the uh, title yeah, game. It was funny. It's like JJ Watt had never made it to an AFC or NFC title game. Yeah, I mean, two-time Defensive Player of the Year, so great. And he was telling me yesterday, he goes, "Yeah, I I never made it this far." Yeah, great player, Hall yeah. of Famer. Yep, but didn't experience the sweet nectar of winning. <laughs> oh, weird way to put it, but yes. <laughs> Not everybody is owed a championship. Yeah, I don't or know. Or the sweet nectar of winning. The sweet nectar, as you said, of victory, <laughs> which I've never tasted as well as a fan. Not even close. Oh, close, but not that close. You were close. Championship game disasters like yes. the Lions just experienced. Sorry. As Coach Gower was saying, goes, you know, when you lose this game. At home, no less. Yeah, and he and he had. He had less. Of the Lions did not. He yeah. lost four at home. Which was amazing. Yeah. And he goes, it is just bone crushing because you have the entire two weeks to be thinking about it until the Super Bowl gets there. And, you know, the, the good thing back then was you were the team or the coaching staff that would go coach in the Pro Bowl. Yeah. In Hawaii. Get your mind off it. Yeah, and, you know, it's kind of a good way of kind of getting off that loss. But, man, it's it's just, especially for, like, the home team, the Ravens, yesterday. So we were in Arrowhead when um, when Joe Burrow did it. And it's a, it's just a weird feeling for the, the visiting team to win and, and how it 
the fans just file out and leave and there's just no euphoria other than the fans that remain behind that are part of that team. Yeah, and the Ravens obviously did lose the championship game at home, and that's what Bill Cowher was talking about on CBS, where it's just it's a rough one. It's a crush. crush it's a rough one. He yeah. went and got in the Super Bowl after that, and he had to go on the road, which was ironic, every single playoff game. Yeah, there's something to be said about playing on the road because you don't have the distractions of the ticket request and all the stuff, you know, mm-hmm. family and friends around you and everything else. You know, when you're on the road, man, it's just you and your team. And Taylor Swift. And that's where the Chiefs were yesterday, winning in Baltimore. Jackson, looking. Jackson, middle. End zone. Intercepted. And it's Bush. And that was Ian Eagle with the call. (laughs) 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 Well, it was Bush. Uh, Westwood on the fan. And he was was on the field because the guy that uh, Edwards was hurt. Yes. And and this is a backup making this play. Oof. Bush. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> you can only imagine how many Bush references that he has at his fingertips. <laughs> oh man, seventeen ten was the final. Patrick Mahomes. Bush. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. Uh, 30. I love Bush. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Bush. <laughs> Do you think he still has the big bush? <laughs> I don't know. No, I have no idea. I do not know. Um, here's Andy Reid. You got a bush on his face with that mustache. Live with Bush. <laughs> uh, how about the defense? Our defense was outstanding. Uh, we were able to get a lead, and we were able to maintain that lead. Yeah, because they uh, the second half it was punt, 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 punt. They did not score in the second half. But how could you it? not like Bush? <laughs> I'll tell you. Okay, it's amazing that the Ravens had three turnovers, none for the Chiefs, and the Chiefs still only won by seven points. That's how good the Ravens truly are. They are a great football team. They just with nothing to show for it. Celebrated by pounding Bush. <laughs> Don't look at me. I ain't do it. <laughs> that was all Eddie. Ooh. Bushy McBush. <laughs> like children. Uh, here was Chris Jones trying to appreciate this. You got to um, take a second and look back at um, everything you had to go through. I never think it's about the destination, but the journey to get to the destination. And you look at the journey we had to take. It's a, it's a huge appreciation for that. That's right. Remember the journey. Uh, John Harbaugh's journey ended in bitter disappointment. No sweet nectar. Um <laughs> Uh, should be positive though still there's so many stories on this team so many individual stories the message is to you know is is, you know eyes straight ahead you know your chin up your chest out and uh and understand what you what you did accomplish and uh i'm proud of them (laughs) and show us your bush (laughs) here's lamar jackson uh talking about uh the defense that they faced sometimes you know they have lanes we got uh, intermediate routes and they jump in can't just throw the ball and get it try to make them took the passes so I'm trying to make something happen but they did a great job yeah that interception a killer and the Zay Flowers fumble at the one yard line a killer too so Kansas City on their way to the Super Bowl for the fourth time in five years I think you guys referenced uh, Jim Harbaugh and did speak to CBS uh, as well yesterday uh, they were talking to him about you know obviously being in uh, LA now with the Chargers here was one from Harbaugh talking about meeting Justin Herbert I met him and Der- Derwin James, I mean, pros, pros, these guys, Keenan Allen. But uh, I was a little starstruck. Yeah, you're so, 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 Justin. Starstruck by meeting Justin Herbert. 
I suppose. Um, here was one about getting back into the game. It was tough. Uh, I was torn. My wife, kids, uh, I love Michigan, but I love the NFL too. And uh, there's no Lombardi trophy in, in college football. And yeah, I got so many sands left in the hourglass, and I want to I take a crack at that. And there's there's uh, nowhere better to do it than with the Los Angeles Chargers. And that's where he is now. Yeah, so many grains of sand. What's interesting is that. Uh, it would have been an unbelievable year for the Harbaugh family had John gone on to win the Super Bowl with Jim winning the college football championship. <laughs> you not have everything. I yeah, mean, he right. did win the Super Bowl against his brother that's already. That's true. You know? Yeah, and by the and way, how much they, more they crap do, do they need these Harbaugh's? They do play each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, they do have play, enough. They do play each other. Next yeah, year. next year. Yeah. yeah. Somebody's going to lose. <laughs> I think that'll be the Thursday night opener. Uh, if the Ravens had won the Super Bowl, yeah. Yeah, but it's always the team that won the Super Bowl. Maybe Sunday night football then, yes, we shall see. Um, Ken Dorsey, the new offensive coordinator of the Browns, as the Bills removed the interim tag from Joe Brady to remain the OC in Buffalo. Uh, a couple of other things here of note. You got the Knicks in Charlotte tonight to play the Hornets. Um, Julius Randle obviously won't play as this happened over the weekend. Hart pushing pace. Here's Randle all the way to the goal. Blocking foul on Hawkes. As Randall is shaken up. We don't want to see that. Yeah, it turned out to be a dislocated Hello. shoulder. Hello. Hello. Yeah, turned out to be a dislocated <laughs> shoulder. That's amazing how I don't realize. Um, so we don't know the severity of it and how much time he will miss. I've seen everything from three weeks to the season. Who knows? Um, but all we know right now is he will not play tonight. Um, the Nets host the Jazz this evening. Ben Simmons expected back. Woohoo. And a couple of things from the weekend. You had Luka Doncic on Friday night scored 73 points in a win over Atlanta. The same night you had uh, Devin Booker go for 60-something and a loss to the Pacers. Booker then scored 46 yesterday when I think the Suns lost to the Magic. So he's put up over 100 points the last two games. Philip Heedle out the rest of the season for the Rangers with an upper body injury. He had that whole scene I guess it was Friday where he was uh, on yeah, the ice. He came back from Chechia, and he was working there and trying to get his head right and everything else. And then all of a sudden, pregame skate, he fell on the ice, and they had to help him off the ice. And now they're going to put him on LTIR, and you can only hope that his his you know career is not over. And we have reached for most teams. There's a couple of games left, but the All-Star uh, weekend is upon us for the NHL. UConn beat Xavier 99-56, and Rutgers lost at home to number 2, Purdue 68-60. All right, thank you, Jerry. It is Boomer and Geo coming to you live for the Build Ford Tough Studio. We're going to have to attack the bush. <laughs> Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. So yesterday morning, I was doing your classic scroll through social media because I'm bored. And all of a sudden, what pops up is Kadarius Tony is going live on Instagram. So I go, oh, this is going to be something if Kadarius Tony is going live on Instagram. So I immediately do that screen capture video thing where you can record what's going on in your phone. So thinking he's going to say something, right? Okay. And he did. <laughs> and I captured it. He is not a happy, uh, happy camper. And I ended up putting it out there, and it ended up going a lot of places. Um, but it was unbelievable as there's a black screen, and he's just going off. I can't even say the things he was saying. 
uh, because or we can't play it because it was a curse after curse after curse. But essentially, he was like, I'm not hurt. Um, and you can bleep my bleep. And also said that it's either a hip or a foot or an ankle or whatever. I should be in a body cast right now. And essentially saying that the Chiefs were making up injuries to keep him off the field. Now, his designation was hip slash personal. Him and his girlfriend welcomed a daughter into the world over the weekend. And it sounded like to me from this Kadarius Tony Instagram live that that wasn't the reason he wasn't playing. The fact that the daughter was born. It was the fact that the Chiefs were keeping him off the field with these fake injuries because he's a detriment and not a positive to the football team. Yeah, I think we all understand why he's not on the field. Yeah. I think we get that. Why don't uh, cut his ass then? Maybe they will. Well, they might now. Well, yeah, I mean, this may be the impetus to do that. I mean, there's also a sense that, you know, sometimes they maybe really like the guy and he doesn't understand, like, why they're trying to protect him. And he's lashing out now. And you get to a point where you're like, okay, we've tried to help you. You don't want to be helped. And you're not helping yourself. And we got to go win a Super Bowl. Yeah. And even though he scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl last year when they won, uh, this year he has been a problem. Too many drops. Obviously, that lining up offsides was a big deal. And Patrick Holmes was blaming the refs more than he was blaming Kadarius Tony. But maybe after he saw it, he was thinking, wow, this guy's an idiot. How did he do this and cost us a game? So, and plus, he's he's always hurt. Like when he was with the Giants, hamstring this, whatever it was, and then he wasn't doing his rehab and he wasn't in the training room and doing the the stuff they need to do get back on the field. And the Giants got rid of him. Don't you feel like you know when he showed up without his shoes that first practice that you know something was wrong? Yeah, might have been an issue. Yes, that was a that they that was kind of like a uh, what is that word I'm looking for? Premonit? No. What is that? Foreshadowing of what was to come. Yes. That's what, what was going on with Kadarius Tony. But yes, it's funny. So I, I end up putting the, the video out there and like it was getting some attention. But then one of those football aggregator accounts took it, that ML football, and took the video that I took and put it out there and then, you know, credited my thing. And then it was just like the phone was just. Well, at least he credited you, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah. But it's not I like it was. was- that 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 was really nice for him to do that. That was nice, yes. Yeah. I mean, it's not like I mean he put it out there on Instagram Live. I just don't know how many people were recording it. Like I was recording it, yes. but I I had. But just, you have this weird fascination with Young Joker. I don't know why. I don't it's know not a weird it fascination. It's just that he From was the moment he was drafted by the Giants. You were all over him, and I don't like I, why because he was just a character. And he had his music career, and he was also, remember that there was a stretch there where he was like, you look like he was going to be the next Odell Beckham Jr. with the way he was playing, how talented he was. And then all of a sudden, things went south. But I've always wanted to see what was on Young Joker's mind. And, you know, he had his great album that he put out. Um, I know you sent it to me yesterday. And, you know, I, I didn't know what you wanted me to do with it. I didn't know if you wanted me to go to, like, to Drew and say, hey, Drew, can we fit this in the format? I never said that. No, I was, no, you didn't say anything. I was just wondering why you said it to me. Well, because me and you have a long Young Joker history. I mean, you have the Young Joker history. I, I, but we did it together. We were sitting here talking about Young Joker for a long time. So I figured because you're wrapped up and busy that you would appreciate the Young Joker story. I saw the Young Joker story. But I didn't know if you wanted me to go see no. if we could get a format and get it in the show. 
No. All right. I would have said that. I just. And by the way, you, I, you're the one mm. that is obsessed with young Joker. I am not. Oh, time out. You're telling me it wasn't a story? No, we had a conversation many times about young Joker when he was here. But this was a story yesterday. Yeah, it was. It was interesting. Yeah, so I was just sending it to you because I was like, hey, I happen to catch this on Instagram. Young Jokey was a but giant. I, my thought was like, hey, you're on something. You're on to something. And, you know, maybe the guys at the NFL today don't know about it. And since the Chiefs are playing and he's creating this firestorm on social media, maybe you guys would want to format it in the show. I never said anything like that at all. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't trying to do that. All right, all right. I wasn't I, trying I to infiltrate you your show. No. I just I just thought you'd appreciate it. I'm not saying you, you were saying that. I didn't ever say that. I just said when I got it, my initial reaction was, I'm wondering if he wants me to put this in the show. No. No, 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 no. I'll read I'll read the the exact text. I said I just happened to be on Instagram when Joka started this IG live, Joka. Yeah. I posted on X, nobody cares about him, but it's interesting. He says he's not hurt and implies the Chiefs have been lying about his injury status. That's all. Yeah, I didn't say, hey, tell Drew Kaliski that Young Joker's on Instagram Live. I just thought you'd be listening no, to this laughing. And I was thinking, like, okay, so he knows we got, you know, Kansas City and Baltimore, and this could be a story. I mean, the fact that he essentially was telling the Chiefs to bleep his bleep. Yeah, I, I mean, think, is, uh, I would, <laughs> that's a classic Young Joker spot. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I just, I just thought, I thought you'd be into it. That's all. No, I think it's, it's time to, uh, let young Joker roam free <laughs> on the open plains and let him try to find another football team. So I was thinking about it. So if he, so he's claiming that the Chiefs are lying about his injury. So he's saying he's healthy. He puts that out there. He also put like an Instagram story out there too, saying that he wasn't hurt. So now, I mean, the Chiefs have no choice but to release the guy. They can't keep him around or bring him to Vegas, can they? Exactly. I mean, unless Andy Reid all of a sudden like is like, you know what? We got young Joker with a chip on his shoulder. Let's get him involved in the game plan yeah, for Super I, Bowl 58. Uh, I don't think Vegas and young Joker right now would be a good mix. <laughs> and I would think that, uh, you know, thank you for your services. Thank you for everything you've done for yeah. us. We wish you the very best, and hopefully you can catch on with somebody else for next year. See ya. Well, well we and do don't have the door hit you in the ass on the way out. We we do we do have a uh, an open spot on either Tuesday or Wednesday if the weather changes to golf. It's me, you, Jerry, and then we have nobody to fill out the foursome. Maybe if Joke is out there, nothing to do. He could be a part of that. Wouldn't you want to do that? Hear all the stories about the Giants and the Chiefs and really get to know him? Uh, from his perspective? Yeah. Yeah. Because no. he's clearly misunderstood. Yeah. I'm sure he is. And say again, you're fascinated with him. I'm not. You want to play golf with him? I'm not. Could you imagine when Gio was just happened to be like scrolling Instagram and then that popped up? Ah, <laughs> ah, ah. <laughs> that's exactly because uh, i knew it i knew he wasn't going to go on there and be like hey everybody it's me Kadarius tony just for a quick little giveaway to all the chiefs fans out there so i'm just a little heads you know there's no way it was going to be that right here's, be, here's my new child yeah <laughs> no 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 no. it was definitely going to be something controversial because that's what he does that's joker joker at his core Yeah, I mean, so, I'm sorry, G. I know it's the top it's, of the uh, hour. It's Gio coming to you live from the Built Ford Tough studio. You're so professional. Yes, that's right. Um, so, womp, 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 I know womp. Darren Ravel did this, so maybe you can explain it to me again, because we were trying to figure this out on the train last night with a bunch of meatheads, and I was, like, right in the middle of those meatheads, because 
trying to figure out time differences and everything else. So explain how does Taylor Swift make it back to Las Vegas for the Super Bowl if she's got three shows in Tokyo. I think three shows, right? All right, so this is what Darren Ravel tweeted out last night. It says, Taylor Swift per- performs in Japan the night before the Super Bowl. It will end around 10 p.m. Tokyo time, which is 5 a.m. Las Vegas time. The flight from Tokyo so to by, Vegas. By the way, by the way, right now is 10 p.m. Right now, at this moment, it is 10.01 in Japan. No. Yes, it is. Is it? Yes, it yes, is. Yes, 14 hours. So, so we'll 17 end. He's, oh, he's saying it will end. So 5 and 10. So he's saying that he's guessing three hours for the show is what he's saying. All right, yeah, gotcha. They should right. even cut that show short. Uh, maybe. It will end around 10 p.m. Tokyo time, which is 5 a.m. Las Vegas time, which is right now. Yes. Got it. Yes. Uh, the flight from Tokyo to Vegas takes 12 hours meaning Swift can arrive at 5 p.m. local on the day before the Super Bowl, 25 hours, 35 oh, minutes so good. before kickoff. That's good. There you go. There you go. So she will be there. So do you think there is a proposal uh, if the Chiefs win? Quite possibly, yeah. I mean, you've been all over this. What's that? You've been all over this. Well, I was. I told you they were going to get... Uh, I have not been all over her being at the games, um, I've had it with that, but I have been all over with them getting married. And, okay. and everybody thought I was nuts when I first said it. I did think that they were going to get married. So you've got it there. You've got uh, everything that you want. And I'm telling you, if Taylor Swift wasn't going to foot the bill for that flight, I'm sure CBS would. <laughs> they want her ass there more than anybody else. <laughs> I could make a couple calls to find out about that. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, that was a celebration. That was a celebration for CBS yesterday. Think about it. Compared to Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens and bleh, whatever, you get Mahomes and Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Ray Lewis and, and T. Suggs. Yep. We get Taylor Swift. That's right. I mean, it'll be kind of interesting watching her watch Usher's halftime show. No? Not really. No. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Maybe for you guys. I mean, what, what, why watch? I mean... Her, not for me, like I said, the millions of shots of her, but yeah, people are you. interested. People, I, I've had enough of seeing her. I've had enough of that booth. And it's also, it's the Brittany Holmes, Jackson Holmes factor. Yeah, okay, The yeah. fact that she's now in that group, it's just hard for me to, it's just tough. And I've always not been a Brittany and Jackson Holmes I know, I know you've been very open about that. So, yes. uh, so it's just a lot. But people do want to see her reactions when things go well or don't go well with Travis Kelsey. They never show her if anything bad goes with Travis Kelsey, but things go on, they see her reaction. Her reaction to Usher doing the halftime show, I don't think is anything that anybody would be... Really? I think that's kind of cool. Well, what... what, Like, what do you... Just like, there's another great artist, and he's doing his thing. She's there watching her... So, would you want a camera on Joe Montana watching Brock Purdy? play in the Super Bowl? Would that be interesting to you? No. Okay, so there you go. It's another great quarterback watching a great quarterback play in the Super Bowl. Yeah, but this is different. How? Well, they're artists. These are football players. They're artists, too. Quarterbacks are artists, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, I know that. Yeah, I was an artist at one point. In time, yeah. yeah, that's all. You know? Hopefully it's a good halftime show. Hopefully it's a great halftime show. Okay. I will say, though, Hopefully that the game is great. Yeah, because the the only Super Bowl that I went to I have to say, the flight home was 50 times more entertaining than anything that that game 
gave me, including the halftime show. Is that the one coming back from Minnesota? No. That was the one coming back from Atlanta. Oh, Atlanta. Okay. Which was the Phil Simms one-man show. Oh, yes. Okay. Where yes. he was essentially like John Leguizamo out there. Did an hour and a half of him on a stage by himself. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. It truly was amazing. Because that game, it was 13-3. to Now, I do, on my sports resume, have Tom Brady and Bill Belichick winning their last Super Bowl together. I saw that with my own two eyes. That's a cool thing to say. Cool thing. But 13-3... to Boring game. Very boring. And the halftime show, so it's just, when you watch it live, it's just so different. Like, I just, so, and we were behind the stage, so it wasn't like a rotating stage. We were sitting, great seats, awesome. I'm not you're complaining welcome. about yeah. the seats. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm not complaining because I knew that's where you're going to go. Oh, yeah. you're paying on seats, Briggs. Uh, great seats. <laughs> but you uh, it was behind the halftime so like you could I couldn't really I just saw smoke and like I have to look up at the screen to see Adam and it was Adam Levine. Like a nice career but you know star power not exactly. Nobody really references that Adam Levine halftime show like they do some of the other ones, you know? Yeah. So I'm hoping this is extravagant. This is huge. Usher goes nuts, has some great special guests, and we have an awesome football game between two great teams. You know, Al, I don't remember. Did you guys go to the Super Bowl out in Arizona between the Giants and the Patriots? The first one? Was that the one that Katy Perry did? Um, no. Well, That was we, Tom Petty, I think. Didn't Tom Petty do the 2007 yeah. one with the Giants yes. Super Bowl? So maybe Tom Petty. And then where was the other one? There was one in Arizona with Katy Indianapolis. Perry. Was yeah, Giants sure. Pats too? Yes. Was that Katy Perry? Yeah. Okay. I was not at that. <clears throat> she came in on a big horse, like a big explosion yeah. horse and everything. That was that? cool. That was great. That was really cool. Like I remember that one, the Lady Gaga jumping off the stadium. She one. was great. Yeah, that was really good. Bruno Mars was great. Remember that one? So yeah, we're here in New York. That was really really good. Uh, da, 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 da. Obviously, the nipple one, everybody remembers that. For Jan the, Jackson, yeah. But that was, I mean, that's memorable Justin for that. Justin Timberlake, yeah. But there were some really, really good ones. Beyonce's made a lot of noise. I remember that. And she blew out the uh, circuits down the street. <laughs> and, and, and that's another one where CBS, the lights went out. <laughs> <laughs> really is amazing. Oh, but listen, I, I am, that's going to be a tremendous experience. The first ever Super Bowl in Las Vegas will be, that day will be tremendous. I just need a little bit of better weather because I told you, I don't know what the hell is going to happen or what the hell I'm going to do. I'll go to the gym. I will. I thought about that. Okay, good, good. I mean, are you going to go to the gym? Yeah. So we'll go together. If you'd like to. I I did actually do everything together. That whole whole week out at Atlanta, I went to the gym because I was bored after the show. And that was where I saw Cower and V and he was doing the bench presses. I was like, I know that grunt. Okay. It was at one point in the, in that hotel gym, it was Jim Rome on a treadmill, me on an elliptical, and Bill Cower doing bench presses. <laughs> I was like, this is a weird, this is bizarre what's going on right now. So, uh, let's go to Joe and Peekskill. What's going on, Joe? Okay, Gio, how yeah. about this? How yeah. about if Usher's... Usher's special guest is Taylor Swift. No, she would never do that, man. I'll tell you. I'll tell you why, Joe. And I, I know where your brain's going with this, and I appreciate the creativity. But she would not want to take away the spotlight from her man that night. It's one thing if she's watching a game and the cameras catch her. It's another thing if she now crosses that line as a part of the entertainment. 
There's no way. Right. Did you uh, you see yesterday when Jim Nance was doing the trophy presentation? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you got the Hunt family up there. You yeah. got Andy Reid's family yeah. up there. And then you got, the, what are you doing now? I, I didn't hear that. Anyway, so then you have all the players up there. Yeah. Taylor Swift was not up there. No, she was down on she the field. She was down on the, on the field, like the rest yeah. of the family members. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's where it should be. She's not gonna. She's not gonna do anything in halftime. I mean, that would be nuts, and people would go crazy. Any rumors on guests? Like, I got a like Usher's famous songs. Oh, Little John. That's right. I bet you Little John comes out. You know, you know Little John. What about Little? Dickie? Yeah. Him. Yeah. What about Little Dicky? No, I don't think Little Little Dicky will probably cancel on Usher. <laughs> the schedule changed. What's <laughs> going okay. okay to uh, Doug, who's down in Texas? What's going on, Doug? Good morning. Doug? Hello, Doug in Texas. All right. We go. Uh, we keep it in Texas, the very large state, and go to Chris, who hopefully is there. What's up, Chris? What's going on, boys? All right, what Chris, up, what's happening? Hey, man, I called you before. I'm the one that's in Colleen, Texas, at the home of Fort Hood. So I called you a couple of weeks ago. Don't know if you guys remember. Yes, Chris, absolutely. What do you got today? How you doing this morning? Hey, Great. So, now, now, here's the thing. <clears throat> So I smoked cigars. I'm at the cigar lounge last night. I almost went through the TV. Listen, I, I understand this guy goes for fourth downs um, during the regular season. God bless him. He's got some great fruits. Love him to death. Don't get me wrong. But when it's playoff time and you you have a chance to extend your leads, that is exactly what you do. I'm different or not. I look at it as you stay in control of the game. It's a psychological advantage when you start, when you put more points on the board to the other team. They keep looking up at the scoreboard and they keep seeing that they're losing by more than what they were losing by before. That is my take on, I, I, I could not understand. You know, you, you're not going to win the game in the third quarter. I, I, these Detroit fans at the lounge last night were like, oh, that's what he's done all year. I get it, but there's no next week. You want to do that in week six, week seven, week eight, week nine, you got next week to make it up. Great. God bless you. But when it's one and done and you're in the NFC championship game, you got to take the points, put the points on the board, extend your lead, keep that psychological advantage, keep control of the game in your hands. Yeah, and Chris, we, we basically agreed with everything you said earlier this morning, and especially that third quarter one, where you stop the Niners, you keep them out of the end zone, at the beginning of the third quarter, they kick a field goal. It's now gets it to 14. That was a deflating situation. Because you think a Niners score a touchdown here, that's a big deal. Lions hold them, kick a field goal. Now the Lions are right back down the field, back at field goal range. You could kick a field goal, get back up three scores, right back to 17. And you're like, hell, if you're the 49ers, you're like, man, this is, this is still a big hill to climb. Instead, it's a two-score game. They go for it. Obviously, don't get it. And then from there, everything fell apart. You know, in the second half, there were probably about five issues that really hurt the Lions. I mean, and and a couple of those were decisions by Dan Campbell, but a couple of those decisions, you know, if his players do what they're supposed to do, then then he looks like a genius. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I, for me, I, and I know you're saying the first fourth down, the first fourth and two where the ball is dropped by Reynolds, I, I think that, you know, that one there, I could see if you kick the field goal, then you just, you're, all you're doing is, you, you have the same score as you went into halftime with, mm-hmm. assuming that Badgley makes it. We're assuming that, um, but the but the the way that they managed like the last ten minutes of the game and some of the things that they did, I mean, running the ball and then having to burn a timeout and then having to go onside kick. 
I mean, there are there are a lot of different things that went on where you know that coach and and of course his offensive coordinator, you know those guys have got to like really think things through and they got to think about you know what what is what happens if it doesn't work. Like we always assume, and I'm sure those those teams assume at the time, oh, we're going for it. You know, you know how they are. You know how coaches are. Sure, especially a guy like Dan Cam. I believe in my guys. My guys are going to do this. We've been doing this all year. And that last caller is 100 percent right. There is no there is no tomorrow. And you know the Chiefs. If you you can say whatever you want, the Chiefs played it so conservatively in the second half. There were a couple times where Patrick Mahomes could have thrown the ball away, but he didn't. He took the sack because he wanted the clock to continue to run. Or he wanted to force Baltimore to use one of their timeouts. They ended up winning the game due in large part to some of the mistakes the the Ravens made. But the Chiefs never turned the ball over. And they played really conservative in that second half to eat up as much clock and to force Baltimore to use their timeouts. I know we always talk about talent and greatness and winning these games, but you you cannot. When, When you are talented and you add the experience that the Chiefs have had in these games, I mean, it is just... They are just tough to beat, man. They are just tough to beat. And you just see it. Like, they're not making mistakes. They're not taking the dumb penalties. They're not turning the ball over. They're making the critical plays on the third downs. It's just they were they were not losing. They just weren't losing. That's sort of the way I'm going to feel about them going into the Super Bowl. We'll see what happens in two weeks. I'll flip-flop a million times. But did you see the uh, opening spread? Yeah, I think, uh, what, the 49ers are favored by three? About one and a half. I don't well, know if it opened at three, but right now yeah. it's Niners minus one and a half. And one of the guys from FanDuel were on the train last night. Oh, and, yeah? And I think he said it opened at three. <clears throat> Maybe it's already down. It could have opened at three. I'm just saying, as of right now, it is it is Niners minus one and a half. Al looked like he was about to say something. Oh, no, I saw earlier it was two, point, two and a half when it first Oh, it was two out. and a half when you yeah. saw it when it first came out. All right. So people are on the Chiefs then, huh? They're on the Chiefs early I mean, on. I mean, how could you not be? I mean, look, as many great players. Look, we have a lot of great players in this game, but there's one player that stands above all of them. 15. Yeah. I mean, this is this should be a great game, though. This really should be. I mean, on paper, it feels like a couple of titans going at it. That's what it feels like. Because the, the, I understand it's Brock Purdy, but he's been playing great. But the Niners, we said it all year long. If they didn't make it to the Super Bowl, it would be a disaster for yes. them. And here they are. From, we haven't really talked about the Niners' perspective going into this game, but like, think about when they lost to the Chiefs in that 19 season. And then they, they had Jimmy Garoppolo. They needed to move on. It's the Tyreek Hill play. Right. So Tyreek Hill play, yeah. So they wanted to get better at the quarterback position because Patrick Mahomes had beat them, and they're like, we're never going to be able to get to that next level if we don't get someone like him. They end up moving on from Garoppolo. They draft Trey Lance. Trey Lance is a bust. They keep adding to the roster, getting better and better and better. And now here comes Brock Purdy, and they're back into the game with Brock Purdy against Patrick Mahomes. And here's the amazing thing. Patrick Mahomes makes $57 million this year. Brock Purdy, 870000 Yeah. Now, he'll get some bonuses because he's outplayed his contract. But, but still, yeah, but there's still. a large gap there. I heard uh, I was Tim Hasselback, I think, when I was uh, driving in. It was a cut from one of the shows he was on where he said that there's at least 10 quarterbacks in college football that make more than Brock Purdy makes for the 49ers. Yes, exactly. It's unbelievable. It's the world we're living in, man.
tweeted me or X'd me or posted to me that it was Madonna who was the halftime show at the 2011 Giants Super Bowl. Do you remember that? Giants Patriots? I don't. That it wasn't Katy Perry. It was Tom Petty, Super Bowl 42, 2007. It was Madonna in 2011, the second one in Indianapolis. I do feel like, uh, so that was Indianapolis, that's why. So it was the, what Super Bowl was that, the next Arizona Super Bowl? I don't know, man. That was the Katy Perry halftime. Katy Perry halftime show. She doesn't do anything anymore, that Katy Perry, other than American Idol, right? She's not yeah, putting she had a family. songs or not a family, I believe. It was Orlando Bloom. Uh, the Super Bowl halftime show. Oh, that was 49. the one. With- Super Bowl 49. Okay. That was the one with the left shark or right shark. Remember they had that shark dancing around and everybody was upset about her, but <laughs> so stupid. All right, Super Bowl 49. They had Missy Elliott and Lenny Kravitz there. And Left Shark, yeah. And Left Shark. Who's Left Shark? You don't remember Left Shark? No, I don't remember Left Shark. All I remember, she came in on some giant, like, Trojan horse. Yeah, it was a lion. Oh, it was a lion. Is what it was. That was her album. That was her song, yeah. Roar. Roar. But no, Left Shark was a guy dressed as a shark. (laughs) There was two sharks, one on each side of her. And the left shark was not dancing correctly. Like the right shark had all the moves and the left shark was like spazzing out. Oh my so God. So it became a thing. No, yeah, I don't remember. You that. don't remember left shark? No, I don't remember left shark. I'm sorry. See, that's one thing I do remember about that. I remember the lion and I remember left shark. But I don't remember the game at all. What was the game? What was Super Bowl 49? It was uh, Seahawks lost uh, to the Patriots on uh, that interception at the end zone. That's right. Yep. The old give it to Marshawn Lynch situation. That was a good halftime show, though. That was. That was a really good one. Oh, I see. Yeah, she does come out in a lion. It's a lion. Okay. That thing is gigantic. It is. She looks so good, too. Yeah, that was that was definitely a memorable one. Uh, all right, Jerry, what's happening, man? Well, we are brought to you by the Farmer's Dog. Fresh, humid-grade dog food delivered right to your door. Before we do the Niners uh, and, the, uh, and the Chiefs, just because I finally went and watched it, and I have a question for you. Yeah. Why did SNL not call you? I'm going to give you one line from this crap from Saturday. Okay, and I don't right. really want to highlight it anymore, but I mean, it was so bad. I told you. I mean, like, who approves the the, the, the script would be what I would want to know. Lorne Michaels. But beyond, okay. Well, beyond that, then, who approves the impersonations? They had Cower, Sims, James Brown, and yeah. Brosson. Okay? okay. And they had Nansen Romo. Well, maybe they thought the guy okay. playing Sims could play me and Sims. Maybe. Maybe that's, Perhaps. Maybe that's what it was. They go around the room for uh, predictions. Okay. You tell me who this is supposed to be. I predict that one of us will appear in a commercial for penis pills. Out of those six people I just said, who do you think that was supposed to so be? So now I know why JB would want to show this to his grandkids. Oh, yeah. Okay. The penis pill spot. Uh, I'll say it's trying to be, that person's trying to be Jim Nance. Who do you think? Jim, Jim, why was Jim Nance involved? Well, he did the stand-up with Romo, <laughs> which was oh, oh. terrible. Like, okay. beyond terrible. All right. Uh, penis pills. <laughs> I'm going to say that that was... I predict that one of us will appear in a commercial for penis pills. <laughs> penis pills. <laughs> penis pills. Uh, was that uh, Coach Cower? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was supposed to be Bill Cower. How, how would you make that sense? <laughs> like, do that line the right way. 
I predict that one of us is going to go down there and get a Viagra endorsement to get the penis moving in the right direction. That's a hell of a lot funnier than that. Hey, SNL, wake sure. up. Yes. Some of us need help. Some of us don't. I don't. You might. But if it's floppy, <laughs> down there. <laughs> How would your boy Phil do it? <laughs> oh. And his Simses were just as bad. They were. He was just a straight sounding person. It was nothing. People come up and say, Don't your penis get hosted? <laughs> and I say, Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> Poor Phil had a, had a hard time with his, uh, his travel bags this week. Oh, oh did he? Yeah. Twice he, took twice, he, twice he forgot his bags. Uh -oh. Well, no, like the one time he, he was and together with leaving a hotel, mm. and he gets in the bag, gets in the, the car, and he's like, "Damn, I forgot my bag." <laughs> in the room? No, no, I think he left this one probably where we checked out. Mm. And then when we were trying to leave and trying to get to the the train station because we all wanted to make the train, he's walking around, and I'm like, "Phil, what are you doing?" He goes, Where's my bag? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I have no idea. This guy's going to spend a week in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. I said, come on, man. <laughs> I said, you probably, and I told him where probably, where I thought it would be. And I think that's where it was. Okay. Yeah. Good. You're like his handler. I felt like it, yes. Yeah, Sim is wandering around Vegas, <laughs> not knowing where he is, where bag? his hotel is. He's just wondering where his bag was. <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, all right, let's take it from the nightcap. You have the Niners and Lions in Santa Clara. San Francisco wins as they literally uh, spotted the Lions a 24-7 lead, and the next thing you know, they're up 10. Running back Elijah Mitchell in the eye. There's the snap, a spinning handoff, and it goes to Mitchell, who bores his way in. That is a touchdown over the right guard. The Niners have scored again. Three-yard touchdown run by Elijah Mitchell. And that was Kevin Harlan Westwood. Great point. And they scored again and again and again and again. 27 straight points on their way to a 34-31 win as Detroit did score late. Brock Purdy, a touchdown and a pick. Brandon Ayuk, uh, a six-yard touchdown catch after that. Uh, catch off the deflection of the face mask of the defender. Here is Nick Bosa. We had to change things up at the break because that halftime score was rough. It was embarrassing. Yeah, it was embarrassing. Kind of felt helpless. Um, and we we didn't want to go down as failures. And we know our defense is way too good to play like that. <laughs> Don't want to be a failure, that's for sure. Oh. Here, <laughs> oh, by, the way, I'm by the way, I'm watching this Katy Perry halftime show. Yeah. Left Shark looks fine. No, Left Shark was having issues. I mean, that's just the way that it was. Left Shark did not follow I don't the... remember Left Shark having issues. I just remember the Sharks on the stage. No, Left Shark didn't do the things that Right Shark was doing, and it looked like Left Shark was confused well, about... Well, it looks fine. He's a little late, or she, or who's ever in the... Uh... Well, you can't be late. Yeah, that's the... Th I mean, see? Like, Left Shark's just spazzing out over there. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. He's... I mean, you, you missed the worst part of it. All right. Well, these yeah, things you got to go like back. I generated anyway. Yeah. Whatever. They were not. That was oh, 2015. Not oh, 15? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nine years ago. Uh, here was Brandon Ayuk. Look at us fighting back again. They had to come back and beat the Packers. That's back to back weeks uh, with wins that we weren't supposed to have, apparently. Uh, who, who didn't think they were going to win? I don't know. Everybody is so sensitive. They saw somebody pick them on ESPN, somebody picked the other team. <clears throat> If you watched our show, 
I think everybody on our on our desk except me picked the Lions. Really? Same to thing. Win? Same thing with the Ravens. Huh. They all picked the Ravens and I picked the Chiefs. Look at that. Suck on that NFL Today crew. <laughs> well, Coach Cow is so proud because you won the championship, kind of like you. Yes, that's right. You won the regular season. And you won going away. Winners yeah. win, Boomer. I know. What can you do? Me and Coach Cow are birds of a feather. Brock Purdy's a winner. He's appreciating the journey. It's been a long year, but at the same time, it's been pretty quick. And so, uh, for me, I just try to enjoy every single day, enjoy these guys, enjoy the wins, enjoy, honestly, the lows that come with it. Like, you got to learn from that kind of stuff. And they are learning all their way to the Super Bowl where they will take on the Chiefs on uh, February 11th. For the Lions, man, it's rough. Killer not to win this game. This is Dan Campbell. Look, I told those guys, this may have been our only shot. Do I think that? No. Do I believe that? No. However, I, I know how hard it is to get here. I, I'm well aware. And it'll be... It's going to be twice as hard to get back to this point next year than it was this year. That's that's the reality. Yep. Taking the Lions under next Season year. Over under. Already. Boom. Whatever it is. Under. Under. Disappointing right. season. They got a lot of good players, man. Yeah, I know. Still going to have this a great. This was the time, though. They're Sorry, still going boys. to have a great offensive line. You're up 17 points in a championship Got to win. And choked it away. Yeah. So, a tough one for sure. Tough. Uh, meantime, the Chiefs got up early on the Ravens. They did not choke it away as they did win the game. 16th play of the drive. Second and goal from the two. Handoff. Pacheco redirects to the left, and he slices in for the touchdown. The Chiefs regain the lead. That was Ian Eagle Westwood one on the fan. The Chiefs regain the lead and maintain the lead. 17-10, the final score as they win in Baltimore and head to the Super Bowl for the fourth time in five years. Here was Patrick Mahomes on CBS after the game. We went out and got it done. They were going to challenge us, and the guys stepped up and made plays. I mean, God put us a lot of adversity in our way this year, and we accepted the challenge, and we're come better for it. I mean, it's uh, it's been a heck of a year. We're not done yet, but this is the, this is the way to get there. That was the other thing with that stupid skit talking about CBS. <laughs> they went down to the field for Tracy Wolfson uh-huh. with Andy Reid, and he started crying because Taylor Swift isn't going to be around after the season. I mean, what are we doing? It was just I mean, you awful. think about how... Somebody had to write that. Somebody yes. had to come up with that. <laughs> I mean, that show was legendary. Like, the, my childhood, I love Saturday Night Live. Yeah. I mean, and, and errors, certain errors of it, too. You know, the, the, the Chevy Chase era, and then when I was growing up, it was the Dana Carvey, Mike Myers, Kevin Nealon, Chris Farley, Phil Hartman. I mean, some of my entire, like, basis of, like, entertainment when I was a child came from that. And now we got this. <laughs> it's so much. bad. It was not good. Uh, here was the real Andy Reid. His team just fights. The thing that stood out to me most was just the positive attitude on the sideline. Through the highs and the lows of positive attitude, that kind of tells you the season. A season in which they wind up going to the Super Bowl again. For John Harbaugh, great regular season, but he's got nothing to show for it. That said, team did a nice job. I was proud of them. I'm proud of the season that they had. I, th- I feel like... Uh, like it was a, it was a team that had a lot of challenges. You know, I don't think it was a team that was too highly touted coming into the season. But maybe, but they had a good season and then do not win at home in the that's, title that's game. That's really tough because <clears throat> they're in a very very tough division, and it ain't getting easier next year. Especially if Joe Burrow's healthy. Yeah, if he's healthy and they they're able to somehow keep T Higgins there, they're going to be a difficult team. You know, the Steelers are always going to be. They're always going to play each other tough. Uh, the Browns obviously had a top-flight defense. They'll add uh, to that team as well. I mean, I don't know. This is this is their shot, I think.
And Lamar Jackson knows not good enough, meaning the offense on this day. Defense did a wonderful job, but held a great, a great offense at 17 points. We got to execute. We scored one touchdown, and that's not like us. You know, that was early on in the year. No excuses, though. We got to take advantage. And he was off with the passing game. 20 of 37. Did throw for 272, but missed on 17 throws. One touchdown and the one big interception into triple coverage in the end zone. And so the Chiefs advance and the Ravens head home. Uh, one other from Jim Harbaugh, who was on CBS. They're obviously watching his brother's team play uh, on why he is coming back to the NFL. We work together. We win together. And it's worth it. I mean, the hard work, the sacrifice, the pressure, all of it. Why would somebody put themselves through that? Because the rewards are just so darn good. <laughs> so, And he said he was starstruck by seeing Justin Herbert play that one for you last hour. The Browns hiring Ken Dorsey as the new offensive coordinator. Did the Eagles hire Kellen Moore? Yes. Did that happen? Yes. So he goes to Philadelphia Oof, and Joe Brady that's has a the... weird one for Kellen me. Moore and Vic Fangio, the new coordinators in Philadelphia. So it's a weird one for me, I think, because Kellen's more, I think, of a... You know, guy likes to throw the ball a lot, and I think what Philadelphia needs to be—they need to be more like these four teams that played this weekend, and they were that last year, like a tough, physical team. And I, I just kind of think of Kellen as like the new breed of offensive coordinator with all these different concepts, as opposed to what really actually does win in the NFL is running the ball between the tackles. And all that, and all four of these teams, you know, got to where they got to this weekend because that's the way you play. you got to be a physical football team. Uh, NBA tonight, the Knicks in Charlotte to take on the Hornets. We know Julius Randle won't play tonight after dislocating his shoulder Saturday. Don't know uh, when exactly he'll be able to return. This was Tom Thibodeau Saturday, though, afterwards. How concerned are you after seeing this? Very, you know, but you're concerned anytime someone gets hurt and, you know, you hope for the best. And that's where we are. But I also feel that whoever, if he's out, then we next guy get in there and get it done. There you go, next man up. Mm, so And right. they've been next playing great basketball as they beat the Heat on Saturday at the Garden. Uh, the Neds did finally win. They beat the Rockets on Saturday. Tonight they take on the Jazz. And surprise, surprise, Ben Simmons expected to actually be on the floor and play You know in what this hurts game. with the dislocated shoulders when they go to put it back in? I can imagine. The way he was walking off that floor, I mean, everything was hanging. And the guy's got to go, look, we we, we got to pop this thing back in. Yeah, mm, not good. Uh, Rangers center Philip Heedle out the rest of the season. Upper body injury and from college basketball, UConn, a blowout win over Xavier. And Rutgers lost at home to number two, Purdue, 68-60. You didn't do that game? I did do that game. Oh, I saw Carlin somewhere doing something, didn't I? No, I was there. Maybe Rutgers, I Purdue that. yesterday. I was there. What good was, game. What was that score? 68-60. Two-point game with about four minutes to go. And then they couldn't stop Edie, who's seven foot five. And You guys going to make the NIT? Yes, Boomer. Okay. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Not They'll fun. win games. They're good. They're just, this has been some schedule. And Who's these... a 6'8 freshman you guys got? What? You guys got like a 6'8 freshman wing player or no? Yeah, they have a lot of players. Who are you talking about specifically? I don't know. I saw some kid on. I'm talking about Ace Bailey coming in next year. He's 6'8. Oh, is that who? Yes. I got Ace Bailey and uh, Dylan Harper, number two and three top-rated recruits in the country. <laughs> okay, look good. At, look at They're him. Make the NCAA next year. <laughs> Maybe they go on a run and do it this year. Maybe. Never know. You never know. Yeah, play Mar- Maryland next week. They do. Yeah. Good. All right. We're in Geo coming to you live. The Build Ford Tough <laughs> Studio. <laughs>
Boomer Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. Vegas Super Bowl 58. CBS is set. We've got the two helmets in front of us, the 49ers and the Chiefs. It was back the 2019 season, 2020, January of 2020, before we knew that uh, COVID was really on its way, uh, that we saw these two teams uh, go at it and Patrick Mahomes winning the Super Bowl. That was his first Super Bowl. And here are the San Francisco 49ers now with Brock Purdy as their quarterback getting a shot at redemption. Kyle Shanahan, who has seen some very, very tough losses as a coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons, 28-3. to The Patriots come back. That Super Bowl against the Chiefs where Patrick Mahomes made Jimmy Garoppolo look like a man who shouldn't have been on the same field as him. Now he gets the shot yes. at redemption. Two weeks from yesterday. A lot of big-time players in this game, too. That's that's the great thing. I mean, on both sides of the ball, both great head coaches. Um, you know, the quarterback disparity is is very evident, you know, not only in, in money, but also, I think, overall success. Although Brock Purdy has had a lot of success in his first two years. I mean, and to bring his team back in, the, in these two games, these last two games, I think you would like to think that he has cemented himself there as a quarterback, but you never know what Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. You absolutely never know. I mean, he they went crazy after losing that last Super Bowl to the Chiefs and ended up, I mean, it's not like Jimmy Garoppolo was, uh, I don't know who the hell, Joe Montana, but he was still winning games for them. And they went and they wanted somebody better, somebody more athletic. And they ended up hurt. drafting Trey Lance. And then that didn't work out. And then... You know, they ended up here with Brock Purdy, miraculously, and he played great yesterday. And he played great in the divisional round after he had the struggles early on in the game. And he came back and he made all the throws he needed to make in the fourth quarter to win that game. And in this game, he did it again. And it's not just him sitting back in the pocket and the guys are wide open and him making the throws. I mean, people want to say that to knock him down a peg, and that's just false. If you watch this guy, I mean, he had a huge run. Uh, yesterday, and then him moving out of the pocket with his eyes downfield and making throws. He had that one to Juszczyk, uh in the, it was I think it was the late third quarter, where he's running around, gets out of the sack, moves to his left. Kyle Juszczyk obviously is improvising because he's a fullback himself, and he throws that ball on a line to Juszczyk, who's right there at the sideline. That's not a system quarterback. That's a winner in a how championship you, game. How would you compare him in your eyes, because you're a uh, a football fan, you've seen quarterbacks come and go. How do you compare him to Lamar Jackson? Oh, man, I, I'll say that Lamar, he's hes faster. He could probably throw the ball further. He is definitely a better athlete. But Lamar, in these games, like you saw, it made one of the worst throws I've seen with a season on the line into triple coverage. Whereas Brock Purdy, these last two weeks, has made those right throws and hasn't had that stupid, horrible turnover. So Lamar Jackson, he's an MVP for a reason, one of the most talented players in football. But I'm sorry. I mean, it could be recency bias, but Brock Purdy won that football game for them offensively yesterday, where Lamar Jackson and Zay Flowers lost the football game for the Ravens yesterday. Yeah, that Zay Flowers fumble, that's the killer. That That's the killer because he came back from... You know, the penalty that was on that same drive, and he had the taunting penalty, and they came right back to him on a little shallow cross. He took it, and he did exactly what he was supposed to do. 
catch the ball and go straight up the field, which is exactly what he was trying to do and he was trying to score it. And it wasn't because of lack of effort. It was just because Legereus Need made an incredible defensive play. I mean, that kid did everything he was supposed to do. Yeah. And then Legereus Need did everything he was supposed to do. Yep. I mean, this wasn't a, I mean, this this was a great defensive play. I mean, he even had two hands on the ball as he's reaching forward. He just got it knocked out. Two plays in this game. Number one, you know, people are like, oh, why didn't they, you know, challenge that or this, that? And well, they challenge everything normally when it's a turnover or, or a score. And they were going to look at this to see whether or not he did break the plane. And he obviously didn't. And, the, you know, the ref, the line judge is right there. He sees it clearly that it was not, you know, a touchdown. And the other one was that first down or not first down with um, with Travis Kelsey in the first half. And I was just wondering, because like in the first half, if you're burning timeout, it's not a big deal. It's the second half where these timeouts really come into play, as we saw yesterday with Detroit. So you try to save all those timeouts. The first half, maybe you take a chance on a challenge. And that that play was so close, because the next play, they didn't make the first That's half. That's right. Yep. <clears throat> But after further review, after we were watching it, you could see that it was not a first down. So Andy Reid did the right thing, not challenging it and wasting a timeout. Let's go to our buddy John and Hofstra. What's going on, John? Good morning, guys. Um, as you guys have said and Boomer said, not only was that play by Snead just, just amazing, it was incredibly clutch, one of the most clutch plays for a variety of reasons that I've ever seen in a game like that. Uh, that's the first thing. You know, this game, as we break it down, I heard someone say over the weekend, you know, like everyone, oh, the money was with the Ravens and everyone thought the Ravens were going to win. And someone said, you know, betting against Mahomes is like, it's like betting against Brady. And, you know, the more this game gets broken down, the offensive line, the defense, are they going to put pressure on Mahomes, all this stuff? At the end of the day, and I'm just, I have to say it because now I'm just such a believer, they have 15 on that side. And, you know, we, we, we forget it was not long ago when everyone was saying, oh, the receivers are garbage and this is not, they're not going to do it. I don't even care who's on the field. 15 is on the side of Kansas City, and that guy just, he's it, he has it, and he's good. there's going to be some way, he's going to do something crazy, he's going to do something fantastic, and they're just, they're just going to win that game. And the last thing is, man, the idea of Kadarius Tony getting two Super Bowl rings is nauseating. Have a good day, guys. All right, see you, um, John. Maybe they don't give him one this time around because... Uh, he could get cut before the Super Bowl, but nah, he was he still would, a part he would, of the he'll, team. He'll get it. Here, here's the thing. You know, there's only one other quarterback that I think is 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 close to Patrick Mahomes. So if Patrick Mahomes is at a one out of five. He's a five, maybe even a 5.5, a five plus, if you will. The other quarterback, unfortunately, hasn't been able to stay healthy that I think can go toe-to-toe with him is Joe Burrow. And has. Cincinnati. Yeah. And has. And, and won in, in Arrowhead, just like Tom Brady won in Arrowhead. I know Josh Allen is there, and Josh Allen's team has fallen apart here over the last couple of years towards the end of the season and probably should have won the playoff game had Leslie Frazier not had a brain fart as a defense coordinator and allowed Kansas City to get into Harrison Butker field goal range. And by the way, we were on the sideline at the end of the first half when Butker kicked that, what was that, 52-yarder or 53? That sounded like a howitzer coming off of his foot. I mean, it was unbelievable. And we were standing over there, you know, by the, the end of the Chiefs bench where they do all their practice stuff for the, you know, the long snapper and the holder and all that. It's it's hard to believe how big Harrison Butker is. I mean, he's a big guy. 
and he's got a cannon for a leg. When he hit that ball, Coach, could you hear that? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, man. That sounded like it was like, like, like a shot out of a cannon. Yeah. It's a huge deal. Oh my god! And if I and I was thinking yesterday, every, you know, everybody talks about Dan Campbell going for a lot of fourth downs. What if he had Justin Tucker or Harrison Butker as his kicker yesterday? Maybe he changes his mind. I don't know. I mean, because it's when you have those guys, it's a weapon. You throw them out there, you know they're making it every time or almost every time. Boomer and Geo coming to you live from the Bill Ford Tough Studio on the Fan and CBS Sports Network. We were talking about some of these halftime shows in the past. We have Usher this time in Vegas, and we brought up the Katy Perry halftime show and and Left Shark. You're like, I don't remember Left Shark. This is a big deal. I remember Left Shark. So the Paley Center has this Super Bowl museum. Yeah, right, that's going on right now yeah. in the city. Right, you were there with the other NFL Today guys, and it's sort of a history of the Super Bowl. It's going yes. on at, the, yeah. at the Paley Center. You know what is there? Left Shark is at the, is Paley, at the Paley, Center. Paley Center. How do you know this? Because somebody was there and took a picture of it and sent it to me. And, oh, and really, so not only did they have Katy Perry's outfit from that day, okay. that one, yeah. they also have that ball with the face. And Tennis they've got ball. Left Shark. Oh, Left Shark's there. there it's it's part of the it's part of the Super Bowl Museum. The extravaganza. That's right. And then there, see, there you go. There it is again with Katy Perry in this museum. That was a big one of those big moments in Super Bowl history. Now Usher's talking up this halftime show in a big way, but I actually, don't know. Uh, Nate went out to interview him for our pregame show. Oh, did he get any uh, hints? And he, spent, he spent two hours with him on the strip. On really? Saturday. Oh, nice. And and Nate, being the, the, the great guy that he is, flew in Saturday night to Baltimore, like at midnight. Wow. Hey, he's got responsibilities. Did he get any hints on who his special guests are going to be? You know, I didn't ask him that. I, I, I asked him yesterday, did you ask Usher if he wanted Taylor Swift to be there? I don't know. I'm fascinated by that. I'm and sorry. And what was the answer to that? He goes, I, you know, I didn't ask him that question. I said, I need to be your advance man. Or something. So the number is the number one Usher song, Al, on Spotify. The bow 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 with Little John. Yeah, bow bow. Does he open? It is. He's got to open with that, right? Bow bow bow. It has to be part of it. Obviously, I don't know if he opens with it or closes. I wonder. You think he'll? He does a residency out there, right? Yeah, I believe. I wonder if he's doing his residency during Super Bowl week. What do you think? Probably not. Maybe we can go to that. No, I don't think he. I think he's got to stop doing that, doesn't he? He's got a. He's got a, all the prep and everything. He probably like for the last month has canceled it. You know how much? Uh, what am I looking for? The rehearsal? He's got to do. You have to do for this. I mean, it's a lot, man. I'm. You mean you don't think he just takes his show and then puts it as the halftime show? No, Super Bowl? man. Come on, it's a <clears> big <throat> deal. So it's a Vegas halftime show. You can take your Fakakta residency show and slap it over there. Are you kidding me? Fakakta residency show, did you just say? Yeah. You can't just do that. He's mailing it in. All these people with the residency, they just mail it in. That's I, what they do. I think Jay in New Jersey has a way to spice it up. Jay, what's happening? Hey, boys. Good morning. How are you? Good, Jay. 
I got an inside track on who Usher's having as his special guest. Okay. Young Joker. <laughs> playing in that game. That's for sure. Yeah, you know what, Jay? Yeah, You're right. He will not be in that game. Usher should bring him up there. Maybe they could do the hit that Young Joker had, Codeine Dream, which I know was his big, his big song, his one big song. And by the way, like all kidding aside with Young Joker, let's say the Chiefs cut Young Joker before the game. Could the Niners pick him up? And try to get info from Young Joker. <laughs> what are you laughing at? You think he tries to know the offense or something? <laughs> are you are you thinking that they would use him like in a POW situation? Yeah, and try to pump him for all this information. Yes. Oh my god. No, bring him in because obviously he's pissed off at the Chiefs. He'll do anything to like help the Niners. Now, I there's a limited amount of moves you can make with your roster in the playoffs. I'm not sure whether or not like so if they cut him, he would have to go through uh, waivers. Okay, and then he would be free to sign with anybody. The thing is, I don't know how many moves. The 49ers have made in the play. I just, I don't, I have no idea. Okay. And whether or not that would affect if they could sign young, <laughs> young Joker. I, you know, I said, I don't see that happening. But wouldn't you, I mean, like, it would no, be something I mean, you like, consider. I mean, young Joker, man. But, but I'm not saying to play in the game, but just like, hey, you know. No, I know. I, uh, I know. I'm pumping for information. I don't know if he knows. I have no idea. <laughs> He's got to he know may, something. He may, he may, he may confuse the 49ers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, that might be a reason though that they don't release him. Maybe they give him a different injury again, right? Because they don't want the Forty ers picking him up and have this this angry ex player. Yeah, you know, give the look inside what the Chiefs' offense might be. It could be like a double secret agent. Yeah, I maybe I'm, I don't know, Joker. Uh, let's go to Kevin in Staten Island. What's going on, Kevin? Hello, hello, hey, Kevin. Kevin. Hello, Kevin. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, man, Real right, quick, the, the basketball player that Boomer was asking Jerry is Gavin Griffith. Oh, he's that's who it is, yes. Okay. Yeah, he's good, he's good. But real quick, um, they're, they're, they're really putting a lot of heat on Campbell, and rightfully so, about his mistakes. But what about Harbaugh at the end of the uh, game? He, that was a bad timeout with 218, their last timeout. He, he was he, trying he, to keep it north of two minutes yeah. is what he was trying to do. no. No, I get it, but if he waits to the two and lets it run down with one timeout, they're going to force the Chiefs to run the ball. The Chiefs are going to run it and make them throw and, and make them use that last timeout. In this case, they basically know the clock's going to stop no matter, no matter what at the two-minute water. They get to throw the ball. You know uh, well, I mean, you know, I, I will say, I think it was on that I don't drive. Think they take that chance. They, I think they have to, because Lamar was... He was starting to get the ball downfield. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, he threw a bunch hit. of balls out of bounds downfield. I know that. Um, um, I would just say, I would just say this. <laughs> Do you remember when the Chiefs they had a first and five? Mm-hmm. I mean, they had like a, they they ran the ball. I think they ran the ball for like seven yards, so it would have been second and three. And then Andy Reid was, "Do you want second and three, or first, or do you want first and five? Right. And then they. The uh, Patrick Queen right went off sides and got also got hit with a penalty. Right, they didn't call encroachment. What they ended up calling was unnecessary roughness and a fifteen yard penalty. Because all he had to do is reach across and touch the guy. Yeah, and that would have given the Chiefs the first down, which is smart. They, mm-hmm. That's what they were trying to do. Right, so they had as many downs as possible. Right, exactly. So <clears throat> it was. 
a bad play by Patrick Queen because he ended up giving them 15 yards. Mm-hmm. And I still that. got the first down, but it got him even closer. Yes. I mean, and the, the line of thinking there is when you take that timeout before the two-minute warning, now you're forcing a team to run two plays within 18 seconds because if it's two minutes and 18 seconds... As opposed to losing all of that time and getting down to the right. two-minute warning. Yes. Exactly. So that's why coaches end up doing it. You know what's amazing to me is... There's still the people who watch football. This guy obviously listens to our show. He pays attention to football so much so that he's talking about like the the two minute warning and timeouts, and he's into the game. But he calls them Harbaugh, like Harbaugh called a tough timeout or a bad timeout. Thing. Yeah, I know. It's like how, like I it just, happens. I never. But when people mispronounce these names, like the the whole uh, Sam Darno for so many years, like how do you just how do you not know it's Jim Harbaugh? Or John Harbaugh. It's not Bow. Not Harbaugh. Right. Sorry. Those things annoy me. I know it does. Uh, Kenneth. Don't know the starter. (laughs) Kenneth in Newark. What's going on, Kenneth? Hey, what's going on, Gio? What's up, Boomer? How you doing, Kenneth? Everything's good, brother. I love love the show. Listen every morning. Well, thanks, man. We appreciate that. All right, listen. Boomer, I just got a question for you. The 49ers was doing a four-man rush against... um, The uh, the Detroit Lions quarterback. Yes, he was on a four man rush yep. when they should have been blitzing because he he's not very mobile. So against Kansas City, what do you think they should do on defense? Should they blitz or should they do the four man rush? I know that the Forty ers think that they have because they added Chase Young that they have enough to get to the opposing quarterback. The one thing I will say, and what is going underrated and under the radar here is the offensive line of the Kansas City Chiefs and how well they have played. We've all thought that the weakness have been their tackles, and if there were ever going to be a game that where they would be exposed in passing situations, it would be this game against the 49ers. But I think the 49er defense has been poor. I think it's been yeah. it's not it's not been what it's supposed to be. So I don't yeah. know, you know, you pick your poison. You want you want to go after Patrick Mahomes, good luck. Good luck. He's gonna find his he's gonna find the open guy and he's gonna make a play. I mean, he's like this. We are living through the Patrick Mahomes era of the NFL right now. We had the Tom Brady era, right? And now we're in the Patrick Mahomes era. And he has made it to another Super Bowl. He lost the Super Bowl to Brady, the the COVID Super Bowl. And he lost a championship game to Joe Burrow. Didn't make it that year. Lost the championship game to uh, Tom Brady, too. That's right. He lost the championship game to Brady. And then he won the two Super Bowls. And now he's back. He also the lost the Super Bowl to Tampa Bay. Well, I said that. I said he lost right. to Tom Brady in the Super Bowl with the Bucs. We have with the Bucs, right. And that and that was the game that, you know, if you remember, he ran for like 497 extra yards on a bad toe because of the pass rush yeah. that the Buccaneers had that game. And that was also the Britt Reed game. That was when Britt Reed was... Uh, Andy's son, yeah. Andy's son was arrested before the game, and they came in and they were out of it. And they just had a horrendous offensive performance. Tom Brady played really well in that game, but it was the Bucks defense that held Kansas City at nine points. Now, that's, I'll tell you what, if I were a defensive player and I shut them out in the second half, which is exactly what they did defensively for Baltimore, mm-hmm. and we lost that game and my quarterback's throwing interceptions like that, whew, that's, not, that's not a pretty locker room. And also the Zay Flowers fumble. I don't know how mad you can get at Zay Flowers. It was a great defensive play, but still, yeah. I mean, the, the, the defense is like, listen, man, you know, we, we were there. We did what we needed to do. 
Our effort would have gotten us to the Super Bowl, and you guys are turning the ball over twice in the end zone. For God's sake. Yeah, they turned over three times. But twice in the end zone. Yep, and three and two of those turnovers turned into... But, you know, but the defense, you could say, because of their stupid penalties, especially at the end of the first half, gave the the uh, the, the Chiefs a, a field goal. Yep. That's right. Yeah, so this is... But as you mentioned, this is all Patrick Mahomes. There's guys that... There's careers. They were good careers. But now, with Patrick Mahomes being the quarterback of that team, their lives have completely changed. Oh, well, they, they now call Travis him. Kelsey doesn't date Taylor Swift. To Patrick Mahomes is not the quarterback. Really? Come on, Andy Reid does not have a Super Bowl if if Patrick Mahomes is not the quarterback. Well, he had a draft Patrick Mahomes, and he wanted to draft Patrick Mahomes. You give him any credit for that? Yeah, I do. All right, so he picked the player, and he actually fired the GM John Dorsey. If you remember that, because mm-hmm. John Dorsey was leaking that that's who they wanted. Well, he hit the, the jackpot, mother, as we know, and Patrick mother. Mahomes loves those guys. That he they should love him more because he has put them right into the Hall of Fame. I'm t- do you think that if if Travis Kelsey were like had the same career? I mean, without Patrick Mahomes, I mean Travis Kelsey's like Cody Bellinger, you know? What? And like the, Patrick Mahomes comes along, and now he's dating the most famous woman in the world. Like, you yeah. think you think Patrick Mahomes had something to do with that? A hundred percent. It's not even close. If if Patrick Mahomes isn't on that team playing the way that he is, Travis Kelsey would just be like every other white tight end in football. No, he's Mr. Pfizer. But that's another thing. Yeah. He got all these endorsements because of Patrick Mahomes. I mean, how many commercials did was he in? Yeah. And you know who should also thank Patrick Mahomes? Jason Kelsey, because nobody cared about Jason Kelsey until Patrick Mahomes made Travis Kelsey a thing. I cared. Okay. You know what I'm talking about. Jason Kelsey's podcast and all the other stuff he does is all elevated because his brother became a superstar no, no, because no, of Patrick not. Mahomes. He was, he, last year, they were in the Super Bowl. It was the Kelsey Super Bowl. They were brothers. The mom was a big star. And, and but if you this remember, is a, you're making and my if, point. And if, no, but if you remember, Jason Kelsey and a couple of his offensive linemen did the, the Christmas carols. This was all before Patrick. I mean, like, Patrick Mahomes had nothing to do with that. Yes, he did, because people were paying attention to Travis Kelsey because Patrick Mahomes made the Chiefs a national team. I would also tell you that in Philadelphia lore, athletic lore, that Jason Kelsey is probably a top five beloved athlete in the city of Philadelphia. Right, that's fine. There. Nationally, he's become a thing because Patrick Mahomes made Travis Kelsey famous, which in turn made his brother famous, with the mom famous, and it has had nothing dating, to do Taylor with what, Like, did you see how uh, Travis Kelsey played yesterday? I mean, he was great. Some of the catches, he he was great because his quarterback is that good. Can't wait for Trav and Tay Tay to get hooked up uh, after the Super Bowl. Victory. Is that an automatic bang spot last night? <sighs> or do they? Because it's a road game. Oh, she flew, she flew everybody back to Kansas City last night. But I'm saying, do they... Like, I mean, she's on her a, way to Vegas. I mean, on her way to uh, Tokyo. So you just stop in Kansas City for a little bit. But like the last... Because it's a late night now we're talking about. There was just like a... Like I used to ah, listen tomorrow. I was a little sore. Just played in a football game. Oh, no. Automatic see, bang spot? You, uh, they're on yeah. the road, though. I mean... Yeah, but they're... I figured like last night at 1030 when I was pulling into Moynihan... As you would put it, they were in Pound Town. <laughs> Kansas City. Oh, Either that okay. or they came here to celebrate uh, 
a big win. They could have come here. I've, I screwed up the name. I I'm, I know Cody Bellinger's a baseball player, Justin. I screwed up the name. I meant to say Daniel Bellinger, right? Right. I meant to say Daniel. So there you go. You got you got me on that. Daniel Bellinger. Well, that's why I said Cody Bellinger. Why are you making that? No, Dan, Dan, Daniel Bellinger. Right. I got Cody Bellinger on the brain because I love baseball right, so could, much. He could be Jer- uh, Darren Waller. And I love the I love the baseball offseason so much. And Cody Bellinger is in sign, so he's on my he's on my brain. I can't. How's that Yankee bullpen looking? <laughs> I don't know. Ask the guys in the newsroom. <laughs> They're right now looking at all their vitals. Okay. <laughs> What's the blood pressure on Adam Adovino? Uh All right. Boomer and Geo on the fan at CBS Sports Network. All right. So I got one more thing for you guys to do in Vegas. If you want to do it. So Brightling just announced the launch of their Super Bowl 58 Chronomat 42. Sure, we'll take a watch. Oh. No, you're not getting a watch. Oh. You're not getting a watch. Oh. They've only made 58 of these watches in conjunction with the NFL. Our foundation is the benefactor of it, as Breitling and the NFL are making their donations through this watch. Awesome. We have a great party at the Breitling Boutique, boutique out in Vegas on Thursday night, but it's early. Because I, you know, I told Terry over there at uh, Breitling, I, you know, listen, I got to get up at two o'clock in the morning. Where is this party again? It's going to be at the Breitling Boutique. The Breitling Boutique, which is yes. where? It's. Pro- I think the one that they're going to use. I, th- I want to say it's either in the Bellagio. I'm, I'm not okay. sure. It's, it's one, one of, of the hotels here on the yes. Strip. It's yes. not like we got to go. No, no. Is this? no. Thursday. It's Thursday. Thursday night. And I'm not going. Yeah, you are. <laughs> And this watch is unbelievable. There's only 58 of them made, and I think 16 of the 58 are all gold. And uh, this is just a beautiful watch. You got to keep tabs on Eddie's outfit for that particular night if he's invited, because oh, he's 100 percent invited. Here are the, here's the outfit: jeans and a t-shirt. No, no, no. That's this is a special Breitling event. He can't go yeah. jeans and a tuck. I mean, look t-shirt. at that! Look at that watch. Can't do that. Right? That is a beautiful watch. Now, he's got to go collared shirt, right? Collared shirt. I think a collared shirt. Yeah, definitely a collared shirt. Okay. Yeah, do you have one? So now uh, we're packing collared shirts. I wasn't planning on. Well, packing. just just call Charles Tierrett and get one. They they got Wait, plenty so of great. You can't shirt. pack one collared shirt. You can't throw one in there. No, <laughs> that's right. That's gonna be all wrinkled. That's right. <laughs> that's what you have an now, iron for, man. Get, now we need more than the backpack. You know, I, I travel with idiots. Much. I mean, I just I travel with idiots. That's all there is to it. I'm gonna need some slacks too for this trip. This is gonna be like a first class, high end beautiful watch and it's going to be a watch launch party there's only 58 of these watches i'm packing like a woman for this trip because i got what i'm wearing for the show and what i'm wearing playing golf what i'm wearing for events like this hold on hold on what i mean i don't necessarily need to say it that way what do you mean I'm packing like a woman for this trip what there's nothing offensive about that women pack all their stuff that's what they do like, they have outfit changes all day long. I'm going to wear this to the breakfast. I'm going to wear this to the pool. I'm wearing this out to dinner. I'm going to do this casually if we're going to do this. That's what that's what women do. Men just pack that T-shirts, whatever. This particular trip, because there's several versions of me that need to be present. Okay, and this would be one of the professional versions. Exactly. I'm packing like a woman. Ed, can, Multiple can you, outfits a day. Uh, all right, could you idiots just for once <laughs> try to be professional and just show up? 
Al, what's the over-under on the amount of jeans you bring? One and a half is the over-under. Well, I only own two pairs, so I'm going to bring them both. Because I'll have one on me, and then I'll put one in my bag. And I'll wash them before I go out. You have a pair of black jeans. I do. All right, so bring your black jeans. Perfect. All right, do you have a nice collared shirt? I know you do. I guess I could get one out there. And then you could wear like a nice... <laughs> throw it out? You probably need like a spring-like jacket out there because it's going to be a little a chilly. winter jacket, actually. Or maybe a sweater because I know J- Janelle gave you a sweater. He did. And? So it's just a little small. Well, you're right there. <laughs> just go and return it. <laughs> yeah. Did you get the CBS jacket, the bomber jacket, or the luggage? I got luggage. Because the bomber jacket is going to be perfect out there that's for the weather. That's what I got. I didn't get it yet, but that's what I ordered. You didn't get it yet? Not yet. I think I'm at a lost mine already, actually. 70 and sunny today. God, you guys, I mean. All right, so put Thursday night down. Are we doing Drew Barrymore or not, by the way? What's going on with that? Because that's another outfit. Yeah, oh, it's another outfit, right? Yeah. I don't know what's going on with that. If they can move it up, I, I don't even know. I can't. This is uncertainty is not a thing. I don't like uncertainty. Loose ends. We got a lot of uncertainty going on here because of this weather. That's a problem. Uncertainty. Am I going to do this? Am I going to do that? I'm going to be here. I'm gonna I be will there. tell you, you're going to have a beautiful weekend, though. Yeah. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday look phenomenal. Yeah, but long range, but still. But Saturday, yeah, I don't know. Where are we going Friday night? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know yet? Uh, Got anything lined up for that? Friday yet, night's no. the only night we're going, or at least I'm going out. These guys probably won't. That's the only night. Hey, look, man, I'm, I'm just I'm just trying to get through it. You know, yeah, but yeah, a little, enjoy yourself a little bit yes, on Friday you have night. To enjoy Saturday, it. you can't because you got the big day. Friday night's the night. <clears throat> You know what I'm saying? You don't want to show up hungover on Sunday. No, not show up hungover. I just want to make sure that... It's like, you know, I go down to Baltimore. There's plenty of places to go. I didn't do anything. Yeah, well, that's... You're there. You might be on your own Friday night. Yeah, and these guys, no shot. Well, Thursday night, just, just, you know, there'll be be food and drinks and stuff there. It'll be fine, and Eddie, you'll you'll meet some nice people. I don't know, try to talk them out of buying a watch or something. I'm not sure. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) <laughs> where'd those diamonds come from those lab grown than mine <laughs> you know who mines those diamonds I don't even want to tell you I want to know um, uh, what the only guy who would hang out and have fun is leaving I would love I would love to be there Friday night I would <clears throat> just have Carlin do these games and have I, some he's fun. doing the Maryland game what happened to all Wisconsin on Saturday? Come on. Yeah, I guess you're right. Responsibilities come first. Hell, in Minnesota, I left and came back. You did do that. To go to the Illinois game, but oh, I'm missing oh, oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jerry, what's going on over there? Oh, we are brought to you by the Farmer's Dog. Fresh, human-grade dog food delivered right to your door. We're also brought to you by Town Fair Tire. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. All right, one last time we run through these games. Uh, the early game in Baltimore yesterday had the Chiefs beating the Ravens 17-10. to Save Lowers had the big fumble right near the goal line. He did have five catches for 115 yards in the loss, but the fumble really killed a lot of momentum. And then he had the interception in the end zone by Lamar Jackson as he threw into triple coverage. All in all, though, the Ravens only scored 10 points on the Chiefs. Here was Andy Reid. How about the Chiefs? You know, I mean, what a great deal that was. Uh, I thought our guys played hard, aggressive football. Um, it always starts with the offensive and defensive line. They they came out, you know, with a purpose here and, and played their hearts out. 
Yeah, both sides played very well. The offense early on, the defense for the uh, majority of the game. Here was Patrick Mahomes. He had the connection going with Travis Kelsey early and often. Kelsey on the day, 11 catches for 116 yards in uh, in the win and a score. Here was Mahomes. He loves the challenge. Um, and I mean, all week, I mean, rightfully so, we heard about how great their defense was. Um, and they were. I mean, they shut us out in the second half. Um, but for Travis, that's like, all right, what, what can I do against this great defense? No, he did a lot against this great defense, including the touchdown, as we said. He passed Jerry Rice for the most recept- most postseason receptions uh, in his career. As for the Ravens, this one's going to be tough to take. Here's Lamar Jackson. He knows while Patrick Mahomes was dicing him up early on, uh, they just made too many mistakes in, in critical spots. He turned the ball over. You know, fumble, interception, stuff like that. They gave him the opportunity to you know, put points on the board and win the game. We, we get in that red zone. It's been, our, it's been our touchdown all season, you know. We just got to finish, and we didn't do a good job on finish. The defense did, though, for the most part, do a good job. Here was Roquan Smith searching for positives after the loss. It is what it is, and it's just got to add more fuel to the uh, few add more fuel to you at the end of the day and that's how I'm taking it so that's what it's going to be but it definitely uh it definitely sucks and hurts mm-hmm. as their season comes to an end after a great regular season so instead the Chiefs on their way to the Super Bowl for the fourth time in five years and they will face the 49ers who beat the Lions 34-31 in a game they trailed 24-7 at the break um, Brandon Ayuk had a monster catch off a deflection of the face mask. I forget what was the kid's name, uh, whatever his name is, the defensive uh, defensive back. And then he would score a couple of plays later. First, Ayuk on the catch that set them up. I was surprised. Uh, I felt like the look before um, pre-snap that I had a chance to get the ball, but they were just on top. I don't even know. Yeah, don't, no one knew, actually. You know it was so won, crazy. Don't you? Why they won the game? Yeah, well, they won the game because Debo Samuel played a very big part in the game. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's the only reason why they won? No, it was one of the reasons why they won because they very rarely lose when uh, McCaffrey, Debo, and Purdy are all healthy. Well, here was McCaffrey on Purdy, who went out and played really well in the second half. I don't have, you know, enough good things to say about Brock. You know, he's... All he's done since he's been here uh, is play at an elite level. And win a lot of games. Uh, the comeback last week against the Packers, the comeback yesterday. Here was George Kittle, how he thinks of Purdy when he gets out of the pocket and runs around a little bit. These scampers, like, you ever seen one of those little water dragons run across the water? Like, that's what I envision every time he's running with the football. <laughs> water I know what he's talking about. Like, yes. He gives, he gives a slow-mo where they're, like, their legs are everywhere and stuff. That's, I know exactly. I mean, it, I would say he looks pretty fast to me. Looks like he's running to me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, water dragon. I thought that was odd. Um, here was Dan Campbell. This is not a, a unique thought because usually these coaches always say things like this, and you have talked about it as well. Uh, unless you're holding that Lombardi trophy, the feeling, pretty brutal. A little bit like every everybody else who didn't make it, you know, and everybody else who lost. Unless you're San Francisco and who won the other one, I don't even know. KC, then you you got a pretty bad taste in your mouth. And uh, it's what's great about this sport, what's great about the game, it's what's great about the tournament, and it's also what just crushes you. He said it rips your heart out as well. You believe he didn't know that yeah, he won that game? I going to ask you. At some point, that's got to be on the board somewhere, no? If somebody says something to him pregame, those guys are so locked in. I know, yeah. Understood. When you I mean, played your championship game, did you remember like if it was the first or second one? I think we were the first one. Okay. So then, different situation. <clears throat> A little bit.
I think we were, yeah. Here was Campbell going for it twice on fourth down, not getting either. It's easy hindsight, and I get it, you know. Um, I get that. But I don't regret those decisions, and that's hard. Yeah, he said he did it all season long, wasn't going to stop there, um, but again, did not work out on either one. The fourth and two was the killer one. Could have um, put them back up 17 after the Niners had opened the second half with a field goal drive. Also of note, the Bills removed the interim tag from uh, Joe Brady, so he is their offensive coordinator and the Browns hiring former Bills offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey uh, to their post. Uh, from the Knicks over the weekend, well, they do play in Charlotte tonight. Julius Randle is out with the dislocated shoulder. Here was Jalen Brunson. So what went through your mind when you saw Randle get hurt against the Heat as he did on Saturday? Um... It was an oh reaction. Yeah, an old bleep reaction. Pretty devastating, right? Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, you don't want to see that from anybody. But uh, especially the way he's been playing, you know, he means a lot to us. And the way they've been playing. I think it's six in a row now as they keep moving up the uh, standings in the Eastern Cup. God, that video is awful. Yes. You're right. I mean, you can see the shoulder just hang yes. down. Oh my God. What are they? All kidding aside, you jam it back into place? Is that yeah, what you got to put do? it back into place, yeah. Oh. Sounds terrible. It, it does sound terrible. It sort of just depends on the damage of the ligaments around <laughs> the shoulder, right? Depending on whether or not he has to have surgery. Is that yeah? So I got a I got an update. So you can use we can use the Dwayne Wade example from about fifteen years ago. A friend of mine tells me he rehab played through the season and then had surgery after. Mm. But it does depend on how significant the injury to the shoulder is, and we won't know that, or they won't know that until MRIs are done. Would he be, I mean, I would imagine so, he'd be fighting through pain the rest of the season, right? Yes. I mean, you know, it's, um, you you, you got ligaments in there and everything else being stretched. Sounds awful. You got the the socket of the, the shoulder that's been distressed now. Not good. No. Uh, ben Simmons should be back for the next like tonight. almost like when I fell at the first Boomer and Geo. <laughs> first Boomer and Geo live when <laughs> you, you fell in the bathroom down. on the ranch. your golf yes. swing for a while. I did, but it actually helped my golf swing a little bit, too. Oh, all right. Uh, Nets Jazz coming up tonight. And then uh, Friday night, in case you missed this. Trying to split the double team, and he does. Coming down the lane and to the rim. Scores with a foul and a three-point play chance for Doncic looking for 73. Now, did you either one of you see the highlights of this game? Yes, I did. Um, he's amazing. Yes. He is a fantastic one of the best players in the NBA. I'm not taking anything away. Got to be hard to play with. Uh, maybe I suppose he was shooting a lot. Especially yes. there was a break. We had Tim Hardaway Jr. on his left. He's like, no, I'll take this. Yes, right exactly. At the guy. They don't play any defense. None. I mean, guy, you know he makes some unbelievable shots, but God, there were so oh, many layups they in have there. To, they have to beat every team like what they did here with the Hawks. Yeah. 148 to 143. So what Embiid had 70. Luca had 73. Devin Booker had 63, I think, or 62. And then Carl Anthony Townsend. That's 60. That's right. In the last week. All of that in the last 10 days or so. And and the interesting thing, none of it came against the Knicks because the Knicks played defense because we got attitude. You got attitude. We got got no Randall right now. Dogs and we do dogs. (laughs) Dog damage. And we do dudes, dogs, and damage. That is right. And uh, Philip Heedle. Has some damage uh, to his upper body, so he's going to miss the rest of the season. The NHL hitting the All-Star Weekend coming up this week. So there you go. All right, time now for what we call Moment of the Day. Brought to you by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos Tequila brought to you by those who drink it. So you were telling the story of the uh, the jerk face at uh, at the train station. And as you were telling that story, as you guys were getting ready to take the train back to New York, Phil decided to go in his own direction and wound up driving back uh, in a car. 
I think that was just the fastest way home. That's why we did that. How long is the train ride? Two and a half, two hours and 15 minutes. Okay. That's not so bad. From Baltimore, it's great. You, yeah, you make a so stop bad. in Wilmington, Delaware. You stop in, uh, you stop in Philly and then you stop in Newark and then you, then you're in Penn Station. Man, if Phil were there, do you think Phil would have gotten involved? You think he would have gotten involved like Nate? Do you yeah, want Nate, me to Nate your ass? ass? I'll do it. I'll do it. People ask me, will I stick my foot in this guy's ass? <laughs> yes. Yes, I will. <laughs> yeah. I got, do you want a knuckle sandwich? You got to remember. Do you want a knuckle sandwich? Nate is younger than us, right? Yeah. I mean, he was getting a little intense. He was? Oh, yeah. I saw a side of Nate that I had not seen before. There you go. Moment of the day. You got home safely and without any incident. And uh, if you missed it, Odyssey app, about 7 o'clock, 7.05. Mm. Boomer details the story about how the NFL today almost got in a fisticuffs <laughs> with a asswipe douchebag. <laughs> yes. As Boomer called him. Yes. That's right. An asswipe douchebag. <laughs> asswipe douchebag. <laughs> Nate. Coach Cower, <laughs> Boomer, and some random New York Giants analytics guy. <laughs> Who turned out to be the hero, by the way. Yeah, he, he was, was the cool guy. head, right? He was, he the was guy great, that... man. He knew exactly what was going on and just stood right in front of the guy in between him and Coach Cower and just told the guy calmly, just back off, back off. The guy wouldn't back off, but then finally he did, and then the cops showed up. So <laughs> if not, Nate was going to house him. I thought... I, I thought Nate was going to come off the bench with a roundhouse kick to the mm. head. That's how intense it was. Good for Nate, man. He's still got that football player thing in him. He's not too uh, media. He's not too no, he's uh, still, he's still, uppity. No, Even though he's a news guy now, he's ready yeah. to throw down in that train station. Exactly. I hope that they told that story on his show this morning. No, they, they didn't. Why not? What? Why wouldn't, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Because aren't they the, like a uh, you know real tight ass over there in the news division? <laughs> Isn't that what they are? Let's put it this way: I don't think Boomer's description would fly on that show. Yeah. Why wouldn't it? I mean, Asswipe <laughs> douchebag. Oh, yeah, good to say that. Right, I know. Right. There's no way rough. he told that story. I mean, he told it off the air to Tony DeCopoli or whatever these who have Gail King, right? Or the other guy. I would Tony DeCopoli. I don't know if it. Like I, I sat there through the whole thing. Nate got there for like 25% of it. Okay. And Coach Cow was there for the whole thing. Yeah, too. me and Coach were. And the analytics guy. And the analytics guy. Yeah. I'm surprised he hasn't reached out this morning. You know, and then I'm trying, to, I'm, I'm trying to show the analytics guy. Like, I'm watching the game on Fubo, and he and his wife can't figure out how to get into their whatever app or whatever they had bought and that they ran, they ran out of uh, time with or whatever. I'm like, you're an analytics guy. How do you not know this? Because well, I mean, he I, works for the Giants. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> That's not nice. It's <laughs> not nice. I'm rooting for them now, hmm. man. Well, of course. We always are. We don't want to go through one of these hellish football seasons again. Uh, all right, Jerry, we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Asswipe douchebag. <laughs> ah. I don't know how I'll describe that guy, honestly. Unless you're ever, have you ever been in a situation like that? Like, like someone screaming at Bill Cower that the NFL is rigged? No, I have not been in that situation. No, I mean just dealing with somebody who's completely out of their minds, and they come up to you out of the blue, and they just start yapping at you. Yeah. And then start getting like, you know, a little bit rambunctious. 
Yeah, there was one time in the subway where it was just totally random, and he was doing this to a lot of people. A guy was crazy, and he was just getting in everybody's face. And he got into my face amongst other passengers, and I, I, he didn't end up getting physical, but it was like he was about to. And I just remember he got right in my face. He's like, come on, you want to do this, man? You want to do this? I'll always forget this line. Anytime, any place. That's what he said. <laughs> okay. I was like, I just looked at him like, okay. Not, subway, not right now in the subway. Yeah. But Where he was doing it to everybody, so I didn't feel necessarily targeted. And I saw that he wasn't hitting anybody else. So I was just like, let me just take the shrapnel from this crazy person and I'll be okay. Sort of what I thought about. That's the closest thing I have to that particular situation. Or maybe you're trying to park your car in the middle of the night and some guy. <laughs> yeah. Roundhouse uh, kicks your Subaru. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wait a minute. Yeah. See? He had that situation. What about you, Eddie? Pacifist Eddie? He's the other cheek. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I don't. Never happened. No? It's random encounters? Well, it, 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 it didn't get personal, but the night of the riots, there was, I thought I was dead. Oh, that's right. And we're not but, talking, we're talking about the COVID riots, right? Those ones. A, not, we like the night of the riots to me sounds like LA riots. You know, when someone says the night of the riots? Well, there was a whole summer of riots. You have to be more specific. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, like the George Floyd correct, riots? Correct. The, uh, a week after Memorial Day. Okay. Wendy. And, yeah, there was some chicanery going on outside the uh, building. Mm -hmm. And I kind of walked uh, into the middle of it unknowingly. <laughs> of course and you I did. I thought I was uh, in trouble. Yeah. But I just kind of stood still and it kind of washed over me. And then I went into the building. All right. So I remember you kind of telling a story back in the day, but you, you stood still and let it wash over you? Well, they were kind of... You know, the old uh, Hudson Pharmacy when he used mm -hmm. to be here? That yes. had been broken into. Oh, okay. And there were maybe like 20 to 25 people like running up Hudson. And I was walking up King. And then some of them turned down uh, King. Yeah. Through the register of the pharmacy, like on the ground, were bashing it. And, yeah. Uh, and I, I thought at that point that it was, might be a situation. So... I just kind of stood there, and they were on the other side of the street, and then they kept going, uh, didn't notice me or didn't care, and then I just kind of scurried in. Scurried in. You actually moved faster than you normally do? You yeah, actually ran well, a little bit? I've never wanna, seen you run. I didn't want to run, you know, yeah. kind of a thing. But uh, You've seen him run on the softball field. That is true. I have seen that. Good point. Yep. It's not pretty. <laughs> and there were some people still... Helping themselves to the Hudson Pharmacy goods when I walked by, and then I kind of <clears throat> fumbled for my key card and got into the building. Uh, any insulin in there that I could just grab and walk away with, please? Excuse me, rioters. <laughs> Did you get on the other side of the pharmacy? Just a couple things. Uh, yeah, I, um, yeah, that would be scary too. I, I don't know what I would do. I think I'd probably just join them and just pretend like I was on the same page. Like, yeah, screw this pharmacy. Ugh. <laughs> Start smashing the. The register outside. Ah! Throw their stuff through the you windows. Not join them. I, I, at that point, survival, right? I'm a, hey, you guys do whatever you want to do. I'm good. So maybe you want to be like involved with them so they don't come after you. Yeah, is yeah, that yeah. what it is? That's oh, what I, I would do. Okay. Just, to, just to survive in that spot. I'm not going to sit there and yell at them. Hey, stop! <laughs> this isn't right. <laughs> what you're doing here. And you're asking for it at that point. And you get beat to death in the middle of the street. Nobody wants that. Uh. Yeah. Not good. No, not good at all. No.
You know, I, I am, I'm glad that you didn't end up physically getting involved in this situation because that wouldn't have been good for you, and it would have been on camera because the people were filming it. Yeah, I'm glad you know. Nate didn't. I'm like Coach Coward didn't because it would have been epic. I think I think so too. I think you know, mm. coming here with a broken knuckle or something like that. Do you yes. think they'd pull you off the NFL today for the Super Bowl if you were caught on camera punching a dude in the face? Well, my boss was standing right there, so... During that part of it? Well, he came a little bit later, but... And then that's where Jen came involved and got involved. I'm like, what happened? And, you know, she needed to know all the facts. Mm-hmm. Well, and she's so, doing her job. Like, what are we doing? Putting out a PR you know, statement Maybe. or something? She might have to. You never know. Right. But I I would think that that'd be a, that's a story that it would not want. Like either Nate or you. No, I think that's housing a story. some crazy person. Well, I just think that the you know if you had the right amount of uh, witnesses, which I think we all did, mm-hmm. and everybody kind of knew and saw what was going on to a point where somebody else called the guy a jackass. So yeah, I mean, like I think everybody would have been clapping. Okay, all right. So you think it would have worked out? Like if this were happened to the Fox pregame show, who would be the person most likely to knock somebody out? Howie Long, Gronk. Oh, I guess Gronk's on there now, yeah. too. Yeah, Gronk would do it. Gronk one, would not care. The uh, Jay Glazer, he's an MMA guy. He'd have, yeah, he would do it. That yeah, is yeah. true. Yep. But he's he's like the information guy. He's not normally with the big crew. Yeah, you but know? He's, a, he's a big workout guy. He goes to the gym. He's got his own gym or something. He was uh, Golden Gloves back in the day, too, I think. Wow. Um, I went to his first fight, his first MMA fight over in Bayonne at Bayonne High School. Really? And... You didn't know this? No. Yeah, so he was working at CBS with us, and he said he was getting into the MMA, fight, MMA fighting. So I said, great, I'll, I'll come over and see on it. So I think it was a, like a Saturday night hmm. in Bayonne at Bayonne High School. Who did he fight? Just some random guy? Or was no, like a he, celebrity I, remember, I remember talking to him before the fight saying, you know, I'm playing, I'm, I'm fighting a grappler as as opposed to a more of a kickboxer, that kind of thing. Like so, Jerry Recco is a grappler. Right. So he did tell me, he goes, my, my key here is to stay away from him and try to, you know, shuck and jive and all this other stuff. And then, you know, and then, you know, maybe catch him with a, I guess, a foot to the head or something, <laughs> whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I said, okay, great. So this gym was packed over there. Yeah. And he came out. And I got, I got, I got to tell you, I got to give him a lot of credit for doing it. He gets in, he gets into the ring. And of course, the grappler gets onto him like a tick. Like, boom! And has got him on the freaking ground. He's got his legs around his waist. And all of a sudden, I see Jay Glazer face down 25 seconds into the fight, looking like he was dead. <laughs> like this. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. I, I, really, I really, the way, because he's, I guess the guy squeezed him so hard that all the air went out of him and he passed out. Oh my God. He, he, I literally thought he was dead. He squeezed said, the air out of him? Is Jay Glazer dead? <laughs> is he dead? I hope not. And he wasn't dead, but... Wow. It literally and that happened within seconds. like 30 seconds. He squeezed the life out of him. And he told me who he was fighting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like... Like he knew he was going to do that. Well, he him. knew he was uh, what he was going to try to do to him. And he did. Yeah, and he did that. I mean, and, and like within 15 seconds, the guy had him wrapped up. And, and then, then and that and was it. Like slide, they, like they slide, sliding all over him, and then got his legs around his waist and squeezed, and then <laughs> boom. That's so embarrassing. Your yeah, first but, fight like that, Boomer shows up to watch you. Probably other celebrities showed up. Michael Strahan was probably there, 
That's no, his Michael, buddy. Michael wasn't there. Michael wasn't there. But I have to say, it was it was one of the most interesting things I've I think I've ever done in my life. I mean, and then you left there after he got passed out or knocked really, out at thirty yeah, seconds. Yeah, I was. He was down. I had to make sure he was moving. He's okay. I said, I'll see you at work tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have a good rest of your weekend, Jay. Hope you get your breath back. But, you know, to, to his credit, you know, it, I mean, he could have quit right then and there, and he didn't. And he kept fighting. Yes. Multiple fights after that. Exactly. It was his inspiration. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.